0: Have you ever done an improv class before?
1: I've never done an improv class. I
0: think you would really like it. I thought like I'd be like Michael Scott. Well, I was going to say, I think you would really like it, but they would really hate you.
1: Hi, welcome to Pepperdine. Um, is this your first time visiting our campus? Yes, it is. And oh my God, I've been shot!
2: California.
1: Keeping Up With The Coens, an OC b- Rewatch Podcast.
0: Hello and welcome back to Keeping Up With The Coens. We are coming to you live from Newport Beach, California. My name is Ryan Drake. <laughs> coming to you actually live on a very stormy evening in Oklahoma City. Uh, I'd have no idea what the weather is like in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but luckily we can find out because on the other end of the Zoom call, we have the Helium Queen of the world, the leader of this podcast, my favorite person in Tulsa, Chelsea Trinidad. Hello, Chelsea.
3: Hey guys, how's everyone doing? Um, I wish it was storming here. It's raining, but I want I want like loud claps of thunder. I want lightning that kind of scares the shit out of you. I want all that. That
0: would have been great for syncing our audio if we could have synced up like thunder claps between at least between. <laughs> that
3: <and> that. <laughs> One, two, three. Uh, speaking of Dylan, you're in a very fancy outfit right now.
1: Thank you. I um, According to Ryan, I look like a really bad Wes Anderson character. <laughs> I feel like if it were anyone else wearing this outfit, they would just look like a Wes Anderson character. But you have to have that prefix on um, because Wes Anderson
0: characters can be fun or they can be annoying. And you feel like you would be the annoying person in that context. Not in real life, though.
1: Do you, do you see how I'm making him constantly second guess <laughs> how he believes I am? Existing. That's my goal here. Hi, it's Dylan. Um, I am existing. I didn't existing. introduce you yet. I
0: didn't get to introduce
1: you. You know what? I'm introducing myself
0: because no, no, no. no. Um, I have a, no, no, no. I want to say fine, fine. Welcome, do it. welcome. Well, hey, hey. I would like to say hello and welcome back after a very long hiatus. It's been forever. It's been season one since we've had old Dylan back on the podcast. <laughs>
1: oh, I'm back, baby. It's old Dylan. What's up, everybody? I uh, I'm really excited to talk about the Snyder Cut today. Um, we're gonna have a great time. <laughs> Um, but what's up? It's Dylan. Uh, I'm, I'm with Ryan, um, spiritually, but not physically. It is raining here. It feels like we're in an episode of, mm, I don't know, Grey's Anatomy. So I'm really excited to talk about the OC today.
0: Hey, we are all, we are all, we are all now somewhat vaccinated. So we can, we can be together some very soon. I feel like we're, we're getting close.
3: Oh my gosh. I can't wait. I, I don't know if you guys have heard this. I know we have a big OKC contingent, but when Ryan does his first uh, DJ gig, we're going to do a balloon drop. It's going to be insane. Prepare right. yourself for it.
0: Plenty of notice. We'll let you know months in advance. Don't months you and months.
3: so you Everyone can plan. Maybe our Tulsa crew can roll up. I heard Jocelyn Lee is going to rap.
0: <laughs> really not this year i don't think i need him anymore i think i've outgrown josh i'm bigger than josh now um
3: <laughs> I, bought merch, I want this podcast um, <laughs> to
0: start beef with josh
3: <laughs> I, we'll throw down i just bought his merch like a couple weeks ago and was wearing it. i should have worn it today instead of wearing actually
0: but i bought one of his things too because he asked people to buy it and i was like i'll buy it um,
3: that's why i bought it too i was like i'll support yeah. he hasn't gotten to do a show in a while yeah he,
0: uh, he came in i want to say last place in our fantasy football league so he needs our help more than ever Okay. Um, Hold on.
1: Before yeah. we go too far, you said mm-hmm. fantasy football. There is a a bracket that is much more important than anything football, <laughs> basketball, <laughs> anything related. Sure. Let's talk. Chelsea, please tell us, first of all, what's been going on, and second of all, what the results are.
3: Um, so I do this really stupid thing with my friends every single March. Um, I called, make keeping an- <laughs> called Keeping Up With The Coens. Called Keeping Up With The Coens. A, that's a year-round stupid idea. Um, but just in March, I make a 64 person bracket and they're all hot guys. And I call it man madness. And it
0: used to be so ratchet. Can I say it? You should call it March madness.
3: March madness. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, oh my God. Okay. That's smart. Just,
0: saying. just a thought. Just a I thought. Should, you have a year to sit on it.
3: Uh, I should have consulted you years ago about this, but it used to be so ratchet. I would literally just like write it all down on a piece of paper. Um, or you know, I've made spreadsheets with it on there. Um, I've made like notes just in my iPhone about it. And it would be something that we would just debate like at the bar. Like we'd be sitting in a booth, and me and my friends would just go through the list and like have very lively debate over it. Um, or we'd do it in someone's living room and someone would sync up their iPhone to the TV so we could kind of compare pictures. Um But last year, that was all, um, you know, those plans were all dashed because of lockdown. So instead, I got together with some friends that I have on Twitter and we set up a whole Google form. We started inviting people. Um, This little thing called Zoom that we're recording on right now became a thing. So I thought it'd be fun to do some live panels. And as successful it was last year, this year the um, audience doubled. Um, Actually, this little podcast crew right here, um, over 300 people watched our uh, panel on it. <laughs> Wait, really? <Why? laughs> I think that's more than <laughs> listen to our podcast.
0: Absolutely.
1: Why would they waste their
0: time?
3: <laughs> no, Should we need to? Do, really do we need so to switch
0: the format? Do we need to switch the format of this podcast? <laughs> are we just I talking know, about there, guys.
3: There are multiple people who watched, uh, like commented along as they listened. And would, like, respond to things that we'd say on the podcast, uh, like, in wow. the panel, in the comments. Interesting. So, I don't know. Maybe people just like hot guys more than the OC. I don't know. But right. um, the winner of this year is Michael B. Jordan, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Oh. I thought it was Harry Styles. Not Eric Michael Killmonger.
3: B. J- yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Styles that's, was that's right. Final two. And we were certain, my husband was like, Harry Styles won this thing last Sunday, like, during the Grammys, but... My- Michael B. Jordan at a pulling that, which is good because he's been in a final four finisher for the last like three or four years in a row. Has never won before. This is a big year for him. I'm excited.
1: The reason your dogs are freaking out is because the UPS guy is here and it's because I'm in your house watching what's going on.
3: <laughs> I, <wanna> that. <laughs> I also
0: really, so- so that's a really weird thing to say, Dylan.
1: You know, I, I just I, I'm trying to make sure that I'm I'm providing a service on this podcast, especially to Chelsea. But You're not. I got to say that the I'm not the um, old Dylan old Dylan's not. But I, I feel like at the very inception of this podcast, one of Chelsea's biggest worries was that people would look at our cover art of us all in high school. And she, I remember you said that you were worried that people wouldn't realize we're hot now. Uh, Um, and so I'm very glad, I'm very glad that you were able to accomplish something for man madness and people were able to see that both you and Ryan are hot. Um, (laughs) and I've actually somehow continued to go downhill. Um, but we're
3: all like peaking in our thirties. So this is good. That means that we were, that means that we were like, you know, I don't know. It's much better to peak in your thirties than it is to peak in high school.
0: Well, speaking of peaking. Speaking of peeking, that could have been the name of a podcast. Uh <laughs> I wanna quickly uh I felt I was gonna bring this up last week, but we got so we've been the last two weeks we've gotten so off track, I thought if I bring this up, it's just gonna make us more off track. But I don't <laughs> wanted to bring it up this week and say that I fell down an OC rabbit hole probably two weeks ago. And when I was going down this rabbit hole, I discovered that this is really interesting to me. I don't know if you guys care about this at all, but I discovered that in the year of our Lord, twenty fifteen, there was and I didn't know about this at all. There was a quote unquote unauthorized OC musical. Have you guys known about this?
3: No, this is the first no. time hearing of it. Tell me this.
0: So uh there was an official like an official unauthorized oc musical and then there was even more like spinoffs of like more local theater versions of it um but the big main one i would found to be so interesting because they got um a lot of musical people who i guess are not quite good enough for broadway but they're good enough for the oc um (laughs) and they also cast autumn reaser autumn reaser was in it playing julie cooper what yeah Autumn Reeser playing Julie Cooper was part of it and there was a big I read a bunch of articles about how Melinda Clark and Rachel Bilson and Josh Schwartz all went to like the the opening the big opening so even though it was unauthorized it was very much co-signed by by the cast but there's and there's but there's no video. Like it's really hard to find videos of this. I don't know if they only did it once or twice, or if they took phones away, like they do it like a Dave Chappelle show or something.
3: <laughs> but, boot, like, somewhere. <laughs> we just got to find it. So
0: I found a few videos that I had to search deep for. Mm-hmm. Um, the most interesting one to me, though, because I also found the entire version of, like, one of the smaller, like, community theater versions, which is its own special hell. Um, wow. That if you find that one, it's kind of funny, but it's also very cringe. <laughs> but there's a whole, like, 90-minute version of that one on YouTube.
1: Oh, I know. I met someone who's really nice and probably has a giant home. Hello. Hello. Are you there, Sandy? Yeah,
2: Sandy Cohen speaking. It's Brian from Chino, California.
0: But like the big official one, I feel like was more just not necessarily like with a big set and acting out scenes from the show. It was more just like two people having the dialogue and then singing songs from the show. Like they sing a lot of music from the show like licensed music from the show.
3: Like like songs from the soundtrack? Yes. Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah, so they were singing a lot of licensed songs from the soundtrack whereas like the more local spin-off version was creating songs to tell the story. You know what I mean? I kind of like, like that musical. idea more. Yeah, but the songs are so weird. It's also hard to convey all of the OC in like 90 minutes, but um they took a lot of liberties. I watched a lot of this, by the way. Um,
3: yeah, this is a... Cr- I can't believe you never even mentioned this in the group text or anything.
1: I also can't believe that one episode of this podcast is already longer than the entire OC musical.
0: That's
3: true, yeah. actually. Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: but, the, but so the, the big official main one... Uh, if I think it's more just a couple of the characters on stage and they just kind of say the scene like they say the dialogue and then they sing songs about it like the songs from that scene they don't necessarily act it out in like a big production but um I, there was one video that I saw and it's really it's kind of cool I'll send it to you guys in the group chat um in 2015 they got Betty who who was absolutely nobody then, um, they got Betty who to come sing the finale. And I found a video from the crowd of the finale Ooh, and it's all mm-hmm. of the characters just stepping up and saying like iconic lines from the show. And then the audience would go crazy. And it was all while Betty who was playing an acoustic version of life as a song by Patrick park, which was the last song ever on the show in the season four finale.
3: Um, was, was one of those lines. Let me guess tequila.
0: <laughs> that was, no, so, that but that was, was th- awful. That's my favorite scene of this show I've seen in so long.
3: I want to take your pulse on that actually. Oh my god, I'm obsessed. Me. that was one of those scenes of me and my sister just like my whole family just like we were like this is so problematic and so funny. We can't stop.
0: That scene is amazing. So I want to talk we're, we're covering episodes 7 and 8 of season 2 today of the OC. And first of all, overall, I'm feeling I feeling like the show is starting to find itself in like a rut a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. L- like it's starting. Like I'm just sitting here going, like, what are we doing? Like, what kind of holding pattern are we in right now? Like, what's it's happening? every
3: episode. It- Seth and Summer is the same situation. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it I literally, like is the same three thing. episodes of the same. Like, Lindsay and Kirsten are trying to figure out their relationship, and Seth and Summer are trying to kind of move on, but not really. Like, I, you know, Caleb's doing shady shit. Like, come on, guys, this is getting a little redundant here.
0: But there is just an incredible scene. My favorite scene in probably maybe since the p- premiere of season two. And it's again, it's Marissa being Marissa. <laughs> at Jimmy's going away. Tate's going so away party. So good. It's so fucking good. I can't wait to get into it. You guys want to get into episode seven?
3: Yes. And it. for the health of the podcast, I am leading this discussion. So I will keep us on task. Y'all know my style.
0: For the health of this podcast. <laughs> Uh, Episode seven is called The Family Ties, and it features Sandy Cohen on screen for eight minutes and eight seconds. Dylan, tell me more about The Family Ties.
1: The Family Ties originally aired on January 6th, 2005 to 7.95 million viewers and was written by Drew Greenberg and Josh Schwartz.
0: Interesting we didn't get a New Year's Eve episode this season.
3: Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We just hear. Well, they did. They did it,
1: it so perfectly last time. There's no reason to reinvent the
0: wheel. It's a great point. All right, Chelsea, take it away.
3: Um. Well, first of all, this episode. Um. I. It, it's one of my favorite and least favorite episodes. It's my least favorite because it just breaks me emotionally every single time. Um, really. I. I weep at the end of this episode. I, I've watched this episode three times this year now, or I guess three times in the last year. and all three times I just, the waterworks just can't stop.
0: Wow, we've discovered today that Chelsea has daddy issues. I,
3: (laughs) oh my God, no, I think that's why it makes me cry so much is because I had a really good dad who would watch the OC with me and who like went to all my shit and like- Oh yeah,
0: he bought the soundtracks. Yeah,
3: he bought the soundtracks. He calls me every single day, even now. Like I'm like really close with my dad. So the thought of a dad being so fucking shitty, like- really hurts me inside um but I guess uh so the episode begins with um very classic Ryan Seth and Sandy scene kind of establishing uh where they all are in the episode so Ryan kind of announces that he's feeling weird about dating Lindsay um Kirsten doesn't know about it and you know Seth and Sandy are kind of like yeah maybe keep it a secret um and uh, this scene especially I don't know what's going on but for some reason I just thought Seth was just being particularly funny but Kirsten comes in and kind of makes a joke about Lindsay being Ryan's aunt and sister and they all all the boys kind of look at each other like ooh awkward. Um I don't know, I just that scene stuck out to me during this rewatch as just being really well written and like a lot of chemistry between the three boys.
0: I didn't love Seth's outfit here. His black button-down shirt with like khaki pants. Not a good tucked look. Tucked in tucked into the pants with no belt.
1: It was the clothing equivalent of the incest and South-hating humor that he was spouting during this scene.
0: I couldn't tell if that was cringe or not. When it's like, you could move to the South, and I was like, okay. Yeah, know, and we San- we Sandy
1: jumped on it too, which makes me wonder, like, why are you hating on the South, man? Just people are—they're trying. Their heart—that's—that's—that's that's the, that's the backbone of America. Those Sandy,
3: Californians. Are
0: you doing? Ugh. How Jews, Jews think of us, and by us, I mean the South, but also us, I mean Jews. <laughs> Um, I, have my, I have my yarmulke have my yamaka here, by the way, in case you want oh, me you to. Put well, yeah. it on. Your
3: head, Put, like, it, on. Sure. Put it on. I oh don't my gosh. Look how it's staying.
1: Oh my gosh. Hold on, hold on. I gotta get a picture of this because you're wearing a yarmulke on our OC podcast. Here, bow bow your head. <laughs> and <laughs> I got yeah. it. Don't worry. I am happy. Yahweh is happy. It's going on the gram.
0: It's uh we have to do a Seder. We have to do Seder this week. It's Passover.
1: Oh, it is Seder this week. Mm-hmm. My goal is to go to a really awesome Seder party. You're not invited to mine, so good luck.
3: I know. Well, no, no one ever invites me to theirs.
1: Hey, oh. Chelsea, you want to have a Seder party?
3: Yeah, I'd love to. That's blasphemy. <laughs> hey, I'm,
0: I'm a completed Christian, baby. You have, to read, you have to read the Torah backwards. Don't forget.
3: Um. So the next scene, kind of the same thing. They're just establishing like the context of the episode, and Marissa is um. Talking to Summer about DJ and her dad meeting, and you know she tells Summer like I just really want them to like each other. Like my dad is the only sane one in my family. Like he's the only one there for me. Um, so that kind of like lays out the stakes for the rest of the episode. Meanwhile, in kind of Summerland, um, Zach actually
0: Summerland
3: Summerland. Um, that was there's a TV a, show coming, called that, wasn't there?
0: Coming this fall to AMC. That's like a weekend album, I thought. That's Kiss Kissland, maybe Kissland.
3: I feel like Summerland was a, a like a TV show with Jesse McCartney in it.
0: Jesse McCartney. All right. I'm going to look this up. You keep going.
3: <laughs> okay. Um, well, I thought this was really funny because now, you know, Seth and Zach are kind of becoming friends outside of summer. And Zach pulls Seth aside and tells him that he kissed an old family friend of his at Squid Row. And I don't know if you guys been to Squid Row before. I, I immediately, have. I
0: immediately thought of you. He was in Cabo <laughs> at Squid Row. I was like, Chelsea's probably been there. She probably did some sightseeing there recently.
3: Oh, my gosh. We we had my bachelor, our, our bachelor bachelorette party there. And um, I was actually there for a wedding a couple weeks ago. And the, uh, the, the kid who was getting married did that too. And someone actually got taken hostage.
1: Like as a joke?
3: No, like for real. Like they were trying to get in a cab. <laughs> and these other people like grabbed them and threw them in a van. And they said they had to give them $700 to let them out.
2: Did did you
1: wow. negotiate with terrorists?
3: Um. Yes, they did, and I'm laughing just because like they were like I, obviously that was scary, but like they got him back and everyone's okay. There was no like permanent damage other than like the trauma of being thrown into a van. But like you know that the, this, if that tells you anything about the sketchiness of Squid Row, like
0: <laughs> Summerland is a 2020 British drama film starring Gemma Arterton. James Bond film.
3: Fame. What on earth? What was the Jesse McCartney show then?
0: Uh Winterland. I don't know. I'll look it up.
3: Oh my gosh, that's gonna bug me. I'm gonna find out and group text it to you guys. I'll put it on the Instagram so that our viewers know what's going on. Um, but, but like, so
0: also, I just want to say that like, so Zach kissed uh, a woman who mm-hmm. is 14 years older than him. His math tutor. His math tutor, right? Yeah. yeah. Who's going through a divorce chingy and tequila chingy and tequila were involved uh seduction has no two finer allies so that was a great line um <laughs> and yeah and so just a weird thing like it's a weird thing for zach to do like i feel like we look at zach like it's, it even shows in the previously on the oc it shows marissa saying like oh my god zach's so perfect it's a weird thing for zach to do is to make out with a woman who's in her clearly in her 30s and, I have, uh, you know, it's, I don't understand. It's like the Chelsea, it's the Chelsea little huddy fantasy, but <laughs> so,
1: so uh, this episode involved a whole lot of really Zach centric storylines, a lot of up close shots of Zach. And I have a question and it's something that has been like gnawing away at me since I watched these episodes. And honestly, this whole season
0: also a TV show, Summerland, you are correct, Chelsea.
3: Oh my gosh. And Lori Laughlin in it too.
1: Vindication. Rip um is that is that cross-eyed is he i think zach might be cross-eyed
0: i have not noticed but i as, would not be shocked
1: as someone who's one of my eyes is is higher up on my skull than the other one i mean i empathize but this is the first time i've noticed that i think zach might be a little bit cross-eyed
0: that's all right he's still hot yeah
3: he's, hot yeah, he,
1: he's like he's, per, he's like perfect coop
3: um yeah. So Ryan and Lindsay kind of run into each other at school and they're, they're kind of awkward just because of the whole thing going on. Um, but meanwhile, uh, Kirsten decides to make an effort to reach out to Lindsay.
0: So again, I just want to say I looked into this and uh, this Shannon Lucio who plays Lindsay was 25 when they shot these scenes. Whoa. But because I really like Lindsay, I like Lindsay more now than I ever have in the history of like watching this show for most of my life. I never really liked Lindsay, but for some reason right now I'm really into Lindsay. I think she's <laughs> really cute. I think she's really cute. I think she's really funny. Uh, she's been thrown into a bizarre situation, but the thing that drives me crazy about her, and she fixes it, I think, in the next episode, but every scene we've had up to now, her <laughs> hair is pulled back so tight.
3: <laughs> is it is really tight. It's
0: so tight. She looks bald. The
3: the only thing that bugs about Lindsay is whenever, whenever she gets excited, she talks in a really high-pitched mouse voice like, she's anna
0: yeah she's got anna she's got anna disease
3: well anna was more breathy and deliberate um but you know oh gosh sorry i now i'm gonna get in trouble for doing imitation
0: <laughs> no i'm fine with this this is good this is good
2: Lindsay is like squeaky like
0: uncontrolled i, know, I like <laughs> Lindsay. she seems cooler as an adult probably because she's 25 and she's (laughs) acting like a she's acting like a teenager who is also like 30 yeah
3: um so caleb ever since the revel revelation about uh Lindsay came out he's been freed and cleared of all criminal charges um which this leaves jimmy and julie in a weird spot um i think that they whenever they got together in the back of Julie's head was oh good i'm gonna be rid of caleb soon he's gonna go to jail and now that he isn't um you know they they start to break up but then i guess their attraction is so strong that they kind of decide that they want to continue then mm-hmm. dump 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 marissa dump and dump, DJ dump walk up to the boat and spy on them kissing
1: okay yeah. okay so i had a legitimate question about this sure First of all, we're skipping over something very important that perhaps we'll get to later, but I just want to put this out there, that this episode has some of the best sweaters I've ever seen uh, depicted on television between Sandy wow. and Wow,
0: Wow. Okay, I disagree. I have notes about that.
1: Um. So I'll just say, sweater game strong. Mm-hmm. Um. Secondly, okay, I was a little bit confused about this because I have no context for it, but if I was Marissa and I saw my parents macking on each other Mm -hmm. i don't think i would be that upset or would i be upset she
3: hates her mom though and she sees her mom is the reason why her life got messed up she she blames her mom for her last year more than she does her dad even though her dad was the one who stole money you know okay that that i think she
0: wants her mom to be Um. unhappy so bad and anything that brings her happiness makes marissa upset so whenever she sees her getting happiness from someone she thought she could trust marissa thought she could trust it's like a it's like an extra dagger fair enough
3: yeah I think that's another big part of it is that she has you know such a trust and love for her dad that she's just she feels betrayed because of that
0: also did i did, like i don't remember and maybe this is just part of the progression of this relationship but like marissa suddenly is all in on dj and like wants to be in a relationship and date him and like meet her dad and like all this stuff pretty quickly i feel like like she did a 180 pretty fast from you're the art guy i can't date you oh now ryan doesn't want to date me i guess i'll date dj now which i think is uncool
3: yeah Mm. yeah we'll get to that next episode and their whole kind of relationship arc um but let's hop over to alex land um, yeah. seth goes to visit alex after you know christmas mm-hmm. break and out parades i wrote in <laughs> i wrote in my notes a whole orgy of sketchy looking friends who all kind of mill out of our apartment
0: we have to remember alex is 17 years old allegedly
3: yeah he's raging hard for a 17 year old and she hangs out with some really old looking dudes
0: yeah
1: what, was, yeah, what was what was Seth's line? Didn't realize he needed to bring my own tourniquet. So we got a hair, we got a heroin joke in there. Good job, Seth.
0: Uh, yeah, very strange for us, for them to think that we would be- believe that, which I guess we kind of did. I don't know if, if Alex was just written to be like 20 instead of 17, I yeah. it more, more believable. Like it, everything would make so much more sense. But the fact that she's 17, I'm just like, this is not,
3: if, if they, she, they wrote her to be 19, it would make more sense. But I'm sure that they were like, Oh wait, we don't want adults hooking up with minors on TV, but it's like, it just doesn't make, she carries herself and she has the job of someone who is like you know 19 to 22 not 17 Mm -hmm.
1: or 21 because she's a bartender yeah I, i feel like out of all the strange things to happen during this sequence perhaps the strangest is how casually she just says oh yeah just come talk to me at the modest mouse show tonight she casually drops we're having what our third concert of the second season
3: um do you remember what a big deal it was when modest mouse came to OU?
0: i'm not a modest mouse fan
1: I want to be a Modest Mouse fan so bad, but I'm not.
3: Oh, I don't like, love them either. But I remember like all the, all the girls in my sorority went, like it was like a super freaking big deal. Like it was over Thanksgiving break or sometime when you normally wouldn't be at school, but everyone came back for it.
1: Was it um, bigger than the Black Eyed Peas in U2? Because oh, I went to that show at OU. That
3: was fun too. Because that one was interesting because you had to leave OU Texas early to get to it. Yeah. I oh, fit. dang.
1: I'm Wait, so who bad. was supposed
0: to open that show before it was the Black Eyed Peas?
1: Oh, I can't. The
0: U two was on tour with somebody way better, bigger and better, and then they just didn't do the Oklahoma show, so they got the Black Eyed Peas. That's
1: P's funny that you think there was someone bigger than the Black
0: Eyed Peas. you <laughs> know. We know the Black Eyed Peas in this show, the OC, have a very toward history.
2: In here.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Modest Mouse is coming to the bait shop, and I guess Alex and Seth are gonna hang out there together. Like, I didn't really understand that either. She's like, "I'll see you at the show," and I was like, "Was he planning on going to the show?" I don't know.
3: So Seth's confused about it. Him and Sandy and Ryan have yet another epic man combo. Uh, they're kind of making dinner together, which is a really sweet little family scene. And Kirsten brings Lindsay over for it.
0: Ooh, yeah. This is where Sandy's sweater, I was not on board with it, Dylan. It was a deep V- but he mm-hmm. had the black undershirt under it, which is just not was a good a, look. And it
1: was a crew neck shirt too. There's yeah. It takes a very special man to wear a V-neck sweater with a crew neck undershirt. And uh, in a
0: black crew neck undershirt <laughs> undershirt. Not Sand- into
1: it. Sandy is that man, I feel like. I couldn't pull that off, but Sandy could. And I think he did. That's okay. my outfit of the of the world.
3: Oh. Um, so Marissa calls uh Jimmy out. Um I, so I would say this is probably the most soapy episode that she has. Like, I would, think, I would say it's the weakest of all of her emotional outbursts
0: literally for a second i'm not kidding i thought you meant like bathing like soapy oh. I was like, what?
1: it was the cleanest <laughs> it
0: was very, yeah. very wholesome um, um but no tate had a great poker face so when she called out she's like you were busy making out with mom and his he just was just like "What? yeah okay
1: that is also one of my favorite sandy cohen lines because that statement elicited the you were married before julie
0: because he says that's we're in a different scene but yeah
1: Oh, I thought this was the one where he said you, you were making out with your ex-wife, and Sandy goes... Yeah,
0: Mar- he said... Marissa says to, to yeah, Tate, Marissa, I didn't bring DJ, because you were busy making out with mom.
3: Marissa is the first to find out what's going on. So, okay. we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that part, but Marissa's the first to call him out on it. He's just like, what? And she kind of, like, you know, lets him have it. She's just... And she's just like, um... I, I just her line was like I just want you to be a real dad For or, once so, she, she would grow
0: up and be a real dad grow
3: up and be a real dad and she's just like you're back with her and she's the one who ruined our lives she's the one who called all this um and then later on he kind of talks to her on the boat and says that whenever he's saying that he has to leave um she I thought she did a great job just icing him out and kind of just showing like no emotion even though like I feel like even though she was showing him no emotion you knew that she was just like in so much pain underneath. Like, I don't know. What did you guys think about Marissa's acting in this episode? Because I thought she was incredible.
0: Yeah, no, I agree completely. Mm. And I actually wrote a note that said, I just wrote, Marissa is justified. And this is where, as an adult, you look at it and you go, oh, wait, Marissa's fucked up. And we always view her as like this toxic character throughout the show. But it's for good reason. It's because this Absolutely. whole thing is fucked up. Like her mom's fucked up. Now her dad's being an asshole and just like bailing. Um, or I guess that hasn't come up yet. But um, just the whole thing about uh, Tate and uh, I was Tate and Melinda, Tate and Julie <laughs> like hooking up and him lying to her about it. And then her having this like PTSD of like, don't you remember when, right back where we started? He was the person that she was the person that ruined everything for us in the first place. And uh, I was like, yeah, Marissa is kind of fucked up but it's it's defendable and justifiable at this point
3: do Mm. you think um because i i know you guys know like i think it's so shitty that tate decided to leave what do you guys think would have been the right thing for him to do in this situation because you also see that he's like i i can't be around julie this is gonna ruin her life too like I, i don't know just like What do you guys think? It's incredibly
0: selfish. It's so fucking selfish for him to be like, I can't be around my ex-wife, so I'm going to leave everyone, including my daughter, who very much is literally begging me to stay here. That's so Mm -hmm. fucked.
3: Weeping and begging him to stay. Like, I just... How could you say no to your daughter in that moment? I don't understand. You,
1: you, you don't. I mean, I love you, Tate. You're my boy. But like in this moment, what you do is you stop being a selfish prick. You man up and you be the person that your daughter and I don't even know what Caitlyn. We haven't even thought about how this is affecting Caitlyn. I guess that was another. Not.
0: That was another thing I was thinking about whenever um, Tate and marissa talking at the end of the episode about like how you can come visit and like the family's going to be so split apart and i was like you guys know caitlin has just been in boarding school for like yeah. caitlin knows, no. yeah, caitlin knows nothing
1: she's coming her. in on the third season like the fourth yeah. season she doesn't know anything but like this is the time for tate to stand up and be the man that we all in our hearts know he is and mm-hmm. that's an angel but he that's decides the,
0: that's the difference between tate and sandy sandy would never do this
1: that's the difference between tate yeah. and jimmy cooper
3: yeah, you're right. Tate would never do this, but Jimmy would. Yep. That makes perfect sense.
0: It doesn't make no sense to me at all. But can, go we, on.
1: Confused, we confused Ryan.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: it's it's because we all love Tate Donovan, and we but we see hate Jimmy Cooper. jimmy but jimmy is his own thing and jimmy's i think
0: no this is just dylan deflecting not wanting to just hate tate you just don't want to hate tate so you're going to pretend like it's not tate like well it's not tate it's jimmy there is
1: only there is only one person in this world i want to hate and it's it's ryan and and (laughs) ryan (laughs) Ryan, (laughs) ryan atwood drake and uh no no (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, like, I've like i said this before too like this show takes turns on being like there are times when Marissa's really annoying and shitty mm-hmm. and there are times when Marissa's really cool like this show takes turns making good people or, or, and turning them into bad people or bad people back to good people and I just feel like it's Tate's turn to be the bad guy so just I accept it Dylan
1: it. I,
3: yeah,
0: yeah. I,
1: I can accept it without liking it
3: I think this is one of the worst things that anyone ever did on the OCD
2: Honestly. Ooh. Wow.
3: Ooh. That's a
1: take. Yeah. I wow. might agree with you. Actually, I'm pretty sure someone killed Marissa. Wow.
3: I said one of the worst things. Okay. This okay. is the second worst thing that happened to Marissa, though, I think. I think it's <laughs> I think it's worse than Luke cheating on her, don't you?
0: Yes, wow. it's definitely worse yeah. than Luke cheating on her, but anything after her death would be immediately like immediately false to number two. Yes. Wow. <laughs> um spoiler alert, I guess. Anyway, uh <laughs> yeah i was gonna say something and i forgot what it was go on
3: i just i don't know i'm just this it, it's it was hard for me to watch this episode just because i knew that it just breaks me every time um but we'll skip over to the modest mouse concert and basically what goes on is seth decides that he needs to try to be more badass uh to impress alex <laughs> so there's a whole scene where it's actually really funny where he wants to borrow ryan's wife beater and leather cuff bracelet and he gets really drunk. He doesn't know the names of alcohol. So he tells Alex, he's like, oh, yeah, just me and my friend John. And she's like, you <laughs> mm-hmm. mean Jack Daniels? He um, says
0: John, then Jim, then Jack, which I feel like is... What, what is what's the three wise men? Isn't it Jim, Evan. Jack, and... Jim
3: Beam, uh, Jack, Jack Daniels. Daniels. And I think there is a John and John, John 316. <laughs> is it Jose? No, I think it's all whiskey.
1: I thought it okay. was Jim, Jack, and Evan.
3: I don't know. Whatever. This,
1: I'll look, I'll figure it out.
3: Um, but something really funny occurred to me, and that is that drunk Seth at the Modest Mouse concert acts exactly like regular Luke would have acted if he was there.
0: Ooh.
3: Like he's, yeah. oh, big, he's you like look very sweaty. At, he's screaming, he's pointing, he's like, Modest mouse. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I felt like that was a thing. Um, but he kind of stumbles over and he spills the bean to summer about Zach.
1: So so we also have one of my favorite Summer quotes of the second season, which is she smells Seth and says, you, your breath smells
0: like, smells Marissa. like Marissa.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jack, Daniels,
0: Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, and Johnny Walker. Ooh.
3: So there was a John. Yeah,
1: maybe he was Johnny. right. Yeah, I guess so. They are more formal friends.
0: But I, Summer's had some great lines in these two episodes. Like that mm. was just one of many. She's fucking just killing it right now. She's hitting her stride. She's hitting her peak, just like we are.
3: Love it. Um, so now this scene I thought was really weird, but Jimmy goes to um Kiki and Sandy and tells them about the affair, which like Kiki is Caleb's daughter. Like <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> like <laughs> By the way, what? I've been cheating with your dad's wife. Like
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's super weird. I didn't think about that at all. And so and, this uh, is the line where Sandy has
1: his amazing wait, you were married before Julie.
0: Yeah, he's like, I'm in love with my ex-wife. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, like, let's talk about how, I was going to say, let's talk about how Jimmy has, like, fucked Caleb and many, like, you know, he was, like, boning his daughter. Literally. And now he's boning his wife. Like, jeez.
1: He's going for the Epcot tour. He's boned both his daughters.
0: Oh. Oh, my gosh, he has. And now his wife. Lindsay, uh. Run. <laughs> Lindsay, oh my God. I'm shocked they never went that direction, honestly. Um, Tate's coming for you. Oh my gosh. Gross. Robinson. This came out of absolutely nowhere. Like, there was no hints of Jimmy putting feelers out for a job potentially. This just felt like, oh, Tate's like has to go shoot another show, so we need to get rid of him immediately. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing we just wrote into the script.
3: Well, I heard some people say that like Jimmy didn't really like filming the show. Do we know if that's true or not?
1: I refuse to believe it.
0: Uh, I don't know. I like that you call him Jimmy when <laughs> it's Tate, and we call <laughs> Jimmy Tate. But yes, uh, I don't know. I I need to look into this. But it just felt, it felt very just absolutely out of nowhere. Do you guys have, do you guys ever watch House MD? Yeah.
1: Uh, it's not lupus. Yeah,
0: I do.
3: <laughs> okay. Do you remember?
0: Do you remember when uh, Cal Penn was on there? Yes. Yeah, Olivia
3: Wilde was on it too.
0: Yeah, Olivia Wilde was on there. She was one of the first. Um, Cal? No, she was. Part of the second wave of like doctors. Oh, you're right. It was that other girl who was Jennifer
3: Morrison. Country.
0: Jennifer Morrison, that's right. that's right. Uh she doesn't make an appearance on the OC, does she? No, she makes she's on How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, I met your mother. Um anyway, the point was when Cal Penn was on the show, he was like a main character, regular character, and then all of a sudden he got that job working for the Obama administration in O eight. And so they immediately so cool. just had to kill him on the show. Like he immediately the next episode just committed suicide out of nowhere. Like, completely out of nowhere. And that just kind of felt like a lesser... Like, this felt like a lesser version of that. But just like, oh, we've got to get rid of Tate for a long time. So, let's just say he's been looking for jobs and he got one. So, here's this.
1: I would rather have that happen than have what happened between the New Girl pilot and first episode happen where they just recast. They
3: just replaced one black man with another black man and thought no one would notice.
1: And then they tried... Coach came back, right? Yeah, they tried to make it like, hey, it was all a joke. And it's like, no, you literally just replaced one African American actor with another one. Zoe Deschanel, who did it personally, I'm sure. Because I'm still bitter.
0: On Fresh Prince. So there you go. Touche.
3: Um, we should probably move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. This is supposed to be me being disciplined and keeping us on track.
0: You've been good so far. You're doing a great but job. But
3: anyways, what what I'm wondering about is like, so Seth comes home. He's really drunk. He kind of rolls across the um, car stealth. being like, I'm stealth. Stealth, Seth. Mm. Like, do the Cohens actually, and we'll talk about this more next episode, but do they actually discipline him? I'm really not sure they do.
0: Like ground him. Well no but in the same way i understand it i i felt like i was disciplined in the same way as seth which was basically like anytime i got in trouble it's like you can't leave the house i'm like cool i'll just be in my room playing video games for the weekend that's fine like it didn't bother me at all i feel like that's kind of the same situation here
3: but i keep like he left a lot and especially the next episode they're like oh you can't leave the house but then they end up going and doing all these things i don't know i feel like they came down on ryan harder during the oliver saga than they do this
1: Oh, yeah. And also, but I guess Ryan did get expelled.
3: So I don't know. Saga. Maybe. Um, but so they're at, saga. The, they're at this big um, Bon Voyage party for Tate. And <laughs> uh, they I, I mean, now that I'm in the event industry, I'm like, wow, that was a really expensive party. They probably dropped like $3,500 on that at minimum.
0: Yeah, absolutely at minimum. That's yeah. probably 10, I would say like 10 grand, honestly. Um, oh, gosh. But they do but it is it is somewhat believable because you see so many people in their house setting up. I'm like, at least they're not trying to pretend like they threw this together on their own.
1: I'm not sure if this is well, I mean, I know it's drunk Seth, but I think it happens before the party, but I'm surprised that Ryan didn't say anything because this is right in his cue zone, and I think he brought it up earlier. It's whenever Ryan was talking about how Seth was throwing up, and at one point Ryan I wrote you know, this as well. Yeah, and Seth goes, How much vomit? Like the little girl in the Sixth Sense, which is insane because that little girl in the Sixth Sense was played yeah. by Misha Barton. That was
3: Marissa. It's
1: all one universe. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I have to say. I just remember when I
0: Remember when I tried to connect that and say that, like, the existence of. Uh- of somebody, Bruce Willis. The existence Willis? Of Bruce Will- yeah, something like that. I forgot. I have to go back and listen to old episodes. I need to do that. But yes, you don't
2: re-listen
3: I think, to the I think uh, you connected season Bruce every day. Bruce Willis with Rachel and Rachel with uh, Tate Donovan's run on Friends or something like that.
0: Yeah, there was there was a connection. There was six degrees of of uh, sixth sense. Degrees. There you go. Thanks, Dylan. Um, D- dynamite dropping.
3: Yeah, So this big old party Dylan. happens, and um, first of all, Jimmy did not tell Julie that he was leaving. Um, so she finds out literally when Caleb, which is so weird. Like,
0: I feel bad for Julie here.
3: I do too.
0: You can tell that they like, their relationship is so fun and it's good. Like it's a good relationship. And I feel like they are supposed to be together based on what we've seen from other couples on the show. Like, I don't feel like Ryan and Mercer are supposed to be together, but I do feel like Tate and Julie are supposed to be together just based on how they are around each other, based on the chemistry that they have. and. uh I actually felt bad for Julie that he's just like fucking him out and he didn't even tell her. And obviously, they're both doing very wrong things. Uh, she's married.
3: But the thing is, in that episode when they were kissing, she decided, I know I'm married, but I want to do this with you. So, like, I thought presumably that meant like she was going to get untangled from Caleb.
1: That's a nice way to say divorced.
0: Yeah, again, that doesn't really make sense. Like, I would love to know what they were intending with that. Because I'm sure they intended something, we just didn't pick up on it. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure most people didn't pick up on it because it wasn't written well enough. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, she says, like, I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk towards something. And Tate's like, it depends on who you're walking towards. And they make Mm -hmm. out and then he's leaving. Like, that's it.
3: Like, I don't, I don't know. I I thought that she meant like I thought that that conversation on the boat was let's, let's like more than just let's continue having an affair. I thought it meant let's be together. Um, so and they, then get that back, they do get her. back
0: together again in season three. They get uh, back at the together. end of this
3: season. Yeah.
0: Okay. And like Marissa's is super happy about it then, right? Like I thought yeah, like she was, she
3: is. She's so, and it's like the first time yeah. her and her mom have had like a positive exchange in years is whenever she finds that out. Cause she's really happy and supportive of that. Um but Marissa rolls up wasted and um Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah.
3: Season
1: 1 baby. Love this <laughs> scene.
3: It's it's great cuz we get a little bit of a glimpse of DJ, you know, like she's so smashed and she's kind of drunk and, and Julie's like, "Are you drunk?" And she looks at DJ and has just the iciest most cold look in her eyes and she looks at DJ, and she goes, "Let me guess. Tequila." Let me guess. Tequila.
2: She was like this when I picked her up.
3: You don't have to defend yourself to her. <laughs> <That's so
0: bad. laughs> That's and DJ's is like, she was like this when I picked her up. DJ's when he's when he tries to dress well, he doesn't look great to me. He does. He still looks great, but I prefer DJ in just like his regular like t-shirt. When he wears like a button-down, I'm like, he looks weird. It doesn't fit him right. His shirts are too long. He looks like he's bald. in high school going to a wedding. He might be too buff, honestly. Like, he's too attractive to be held down by a traditional button-down shirt.
3: No, my husband, when he was super jacked, like, he would wear a button-down shirt like that. And it was just so tight on the chest and in the arms, even though my husband Mm -hmm. isn't, like, super-duper tall. Um, it was just like, wow, that shirt's really tight. Like, I think DJ's suffering that same fate.
0: It's like the yeah. Office episode where, he, where Michael wears a girl's shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're just like, why is it so tight? No, my other favorite, my fa- this was my favorite scene because of the tequila thing. But also, I watched this like probably five different times. <laughs> when Marissa walks up, she just walks up to Julie, drunk, and just puts her arm around her. Like, like they're a drunk friend. Yeah, she just puts like, her arm around her yeah. and... And she goes, well, 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 if it isn't the Wicked Witch of the West Coast. Well, wow, if it isn't the Wicked Witch of the West Coast. That was a good one. That was so good. I watched it over and over again. She delivered the line so fucking perfectly. <laughs> if it's
3: not the Wicked Witch of the West Coast. Good for Marissa. That was good. Jolie deserved it. So did Jimmy. She makes a big scene. Ryan, do you want to share the um, kind of crux line of the, of the scene?
0: The coup de gras. The death blow, the, the fucking, the one-winged angel of this of this argument, <laughs> that's for you, Dylan.
1: I understand that reference.
0: Was uh, when Tate tries to break him up, he's like, hey, let's not make a public scene, and Marissa gets all fired up about it, and she basically says what I said, which is like, no wonder I'm so fucked up. I'm the daughter of a thief and a slut. She is. Of course, I'm screwed up. I'm the
3: daughter of a thief and a slut. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mic drop. Oh, I, man. I screen capped that and sent it to you guys because I was just like, holy shit. I did not, as a child, realize how brutal that is.
1: Daughters are mean.
0: Yeah. I mean, she, like, again, oh. I kind of think I'm team Marissa on this. Like, I'm just like, you know what? Get it off your chest. Say what you want to say. They deserve it. Yep.
3: Yeah, it's true. I don't know. I'm team Marissa. This is horribly traumatic, and her parents are not doing the right things in this situation. I don't think. DJ um, DJ's
0: just caught in the middle of it like I like DJ a lot he is yeah. the one he's the person we know the least about with all the new people like we know almost nothing about him but mm-hmm. I, what I do know about him I like him I just maybe this could turn into an Eddie situation where I really liked Eddie as well it <laughs> he sucks but I really <laughs> like DJ a lot and uh, he needs to not be with Marissa though like what's he fucking what's he doing like why is he still here I wrote DJ needs to leave Marissa he would be good for Teresa
3: oh Ooh.
0: yeah this is like when they had new match in season four this is our version of new match <laughs>
3: so after that whole big blow up i mean apparently everyone sees it like i wasn't it's not super obvious in the moment that everyone turns and stops and watches them but from the next scene you can kind of tell us what happened but jimmy has a sweet moment asking kirsten to watch over marissa it's still shit he's just there he's shirking his responsibility to kirsten
0: He's asking too much of everyone because he fucking wants to just leave and find himself, which I guess means I'm just going to, like, walk away from all my responsibilities. And then that's weird, too, because
3: Kirsten kind of has, like, she goes, oh, if we were still together, I'd be going to Hawaii. And he goes, "Um, if we were still together, I would have never left. And it was like, I just, I don't know why they included that line in there. Like, I don't understand what they were trying to communicate in that moment.
0: To think that to think that life would have been exactly the same had you stayed with Jimmy up to that point, and that's now you'd be moving to Hawaii is just yeah, insane. yeah. It was like so such a weird,
3: childish thought to pop into Kirsten's head. I didn't understand it.
0: She's just desperate.
3: Desperate for what? She's desperate what? for desperate for, for ch- what?
1: For change? For something?
0: I think you're gonna say for chingy.
3: Oh, for chingy
1: and tequila. Yeah. Well, she has tequila. I don't, what
3: is she what what is she desperate to change though?
0: She's not desperate for change. Dylan's
3: yeah. just direct Jill, Yeah, Dylan just popped off for no reason. Um,
1: I'm just... I, whenever I don't talk for a while, sometimes I'll just say something I don't necessarily agree with just to get you all talking and then recede back into the show. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. um, so the next scene is Seth decides to... Oh, oh. Um, the ballet guy comes up to Caleb and goes, oh, we have bad news. And he goes, you scratched my Aston Martin? No, Seth actually <laughs> stole the Aston Martin and showed it to um Alex.
0: Wait, yeah. I have a question for you. I really... Uh, Did not love Seth's outfit at the beginning of the episode. I thought this was a great outfit. here. I was wondering what that, what kind of coat is that? I've never, because it's not a blazer, but it's not a peacoat. It's like somewhere in between.
3: It's not a what? I did not pay attention to his coat in this. I'll have to go back and look. It's like
0: a longer blazer, but it's not like a peacoat. It's not thick. It's like blazer material, but it looks like kind of in the shape of a peacoat almost. I don't know. I was into it. I was really into it. I was like, I need a jacket like that.
3: Hmm. Nice. I bet you can find one at h H&M. and I
0: will. I will go shopping and let you know.
3: So Alex kind of gives <laughs> Seth the, the line. She's like, I've dated bad boys. You are not one. I like you because you're not a good, bad boy. Which again, I mean, this whole Alex and Seth dating, I don't really understand anything about it. Like, I don't understand why she's attracted to him. It's like, I've said this before, but it almost just seemed like a novelty hookup. Like she almost was like, oh yeah, haha, I made out with Seth. Just to like have a funny story to tell her friends. I don't know what they connect about. I'm. I don't understand. I. I just don't. I, that I don't well, buy like, this relationship at all. I guess is what I'm saying. it's
0: in the next episode when they're hanging out like at her house, I was like, what do they talk about? I wonder. Like, I guess they know a lot about music. Um, but that's kind of the where it begins and ends. I would think. Talk but, about the bait shop. Yeah, her relationship with Seth. I, I want to talk about that for a second. It doesn't it kind of makes sense to me. It doesn't fully make sense for her to be like, oh yeah, we made out and like, we went on an ice cream date. Right. And then when we saw them in the previous episode, they were hanging out. Right. What did they do in the previous episode? They were hanging out. Right. They were like together. No, the kind previous of... episode
3: was Christmas and she was out of town.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. So They right. haven't hung out um, in a couple so
3: episodes. Him? Like the most time that we get with them actually hanging out is probably the episode after this. But really it's funny. Cause I remember later in the season, like, Uh, Alex is talking about him and she's like, yeah, you know, he was my boyfriend. And I was like, that's a boy. I don't, I don't understand they, to me, I have no idea what they connect about. I don't, I don't get it.
0: So like, but like Seth's eagerness when he's around her is like a level of, I don't even want to say, I guess it's confidence that I will like never, it's like the level of confidence of a guy who just comments on a random girl's Instagram, just like, wow, hot stuff or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) totally. Love your face. He just shows up to her house, like, I'm here for my afternoon session or whatever. He's like, do you want me to use my hands? I'm like, dude, you don't know what your situation is with this girl. There's no way in hell I would be that forward with the girl that I'm just in, like, a situationship with.
3: The situationship is the perfect way to describe it. It almost reminds me of, like, you remember when you'd go to summer camp as a kid and you'd have, like, your boyfriend of the week or whatever just like only while you're at summer camp
0: yes 100 mm-hmm. especially at jew camp we had a lot of those um
3: i know i think i told you that all of my jewish friends i feel like like lost their virginity at <laughs> jewish camp
0: that's, that's a requirement isn't it no, I lost my virginity in a closet at a house party. Uh, wow. That's a story for We've a We've kind of talked guy. about yeah. this
3: several times on the pod, I feel Pretty like. Pretty fly
0: for a white guy. Um, seven minutes in heaven. <laughs> no, but... Seven seconds in heaven. So for her to act almost put off by him when he first comes and visits her, when she's like taking out the trash, she's over, she's got all these dudes okay. around... I don't think she's hooking up with these dudes, but it's also like we don't know. Maybe she is hooking up with these dudes or these girls. Who knows? Um, their relationship is bizarre. It does feel like he's way more into her than she is into him, and she's trying to get him to like chill and like back off a little bit. But she's not out on him.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, outfit of the episode, which is funny because I feel like you guys would have picked other things. Like you guys were very outfit aware this episode, but I actually thought Summer's outfit was really funny and weird.
2: Which
1: one? She
3: wore like a very long ruffled skirt. In a flowered cardigan and she had her hair in these weird little pigtails. Uh, in my notes, I wrote Big Anna Energy <laughs> and she was dressed as the, orig- <laughs> the original Miss Frizzle. Wow. Not the new Miss Frizzle, but the oh, original. Oh yeah,
0: lots of discourse on Miss Frizzle I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: it's Twitter's, a big week for Miss Frizzle. Twitter's
0: popping off about Frizz. <laughs> but so Summer and Zach had some great scenes about the whole hooking up with the... I keep wanting to say Nanny, but I guess it was a tutor. Um, mm-hmm. but like one of Summer just has so many good lines. that like one of them was, it's so it's not even eighties cool to hook up with your tutor. She should have at least been a hooker so to help you get into Princeton. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh yeah, she was. There's lots. Of, it's a big eighties uh, reference TV show. Summers.
0: Just-
1: Summers lines were so on point. But I want to. I want to get on Zach momentarily. So this whole weird thing where he's like this me cheating on you with my math tutor and you finding out about it this is a big deal for us because it's our first fight that's not about cohen
0: that's gaslighting no that's a master class move i don't think it's gaslighting that is a fucking master move
1: chelsea you are the arbiter here he thinks it's master class i think it's gaslighting tell us who's right
3: i don't think it's gaslighting Ah! But I, I don't know.
0: You're turning the negative into a positive. He's not trying to convince her that she's wrong. He's saying like, yeah, I fucked up and we're having a fight about it. But yeah, look at I this crazy thing. I think thing. it was
3: him being slick. Like it was him being slick, but he wasn't like, I, I don't think he was trying to like mislead her. I think he was trying to distract.
2: Hmm.
0: I wow. I support that move. I was like, damn, that's a good move by Zach. Um. But also, so... Zach and Summer, up to that point, let's say up up until they, they go on break, they are boyfriend-girlfriend? Is that what we're supposed to believe? Because they have never said so. that.
3: Yeah. Well, okay. This happens to Summer a lot then. How come her boyfriend's all smooch on other girls? That was my
0: next thing. was like, she's so forgiving of these dudes for making out with other people when she's allegedly with them.
3: Everyone else would break up. Like, literally, that's why Charlie D'Emelio and Lil Huddy broke up <laughs> because he kissed like Addison Ray or something like that. Not
0: Addison Ray. Dude, or
3: Bella Porch. She he kissed another like.
0: Can I tell girl you? Girl
3: on TikTok.
0: Two second sidebar. I don't hate Addison Ray's music.
3: I don't love it. I don't hate it. I need to listen to it. I haven't even listened. To I it
0: don't yet. know. I don't know. I don't know either. Are you following the Vlog Squad <laughs> drama, Chelsea?
3: Wait, what? Oh my gosh.
0: David Dobrik drama he's getting like super canceled
3: wow oh my okay, god all right. For... so right we'll have
0: to talk about this later it's a whole other yeah
3: we'll talk about this offline this but episode. i'm very interested in the in the gen z in the tiktok world drama
0: but yes summer is incredible summer is incredibly forgiving to i would say to a fault of these dudes who are fucking making out with other girls and, and like she's just like well you learned your lesson so don't do it again and it's like wow that's she deserves and especially so much summer better. is
3: so wonderful and perfect like it makes me so mad like she did nothing to deserve any of this kind of treatment from guys summer is a girl that you never ever screw up for and instead she keeps dating these bozos who oh it makes me really mad
0: God, bozo is such a great word
3: yeah i need to use it more often um we'll talk about the last two scenes that just destroy me every time mm-hmm. um marissa and dj are kind of at the lighthouse you know she's staring off into the ocean uh, obviously insanely upset kind of simmering down from the evening and uh tate shows up and she's kind of like what are you doing and dj's like oh i called him so again good good guy dj mm-hmm. glad that she did i mean we knew that DJ was just going to be around for a season, but I am glad that she had someone and she wasn't, didn't just have to go with this completely alone. Um, but this scene just destroys me. I mean, she is sobbing so hard and begging her dad not to go. It's hard to watch. Please Um,
0: don't go. He's just like, I got to go. And I'm like, you don't have to, you literally don't have to, you have money. Like you're Mm -hmm. good.
3: He goes, "I, I have to go kiddo. And then he's like, are you ready to go? And she's like, no, can we just sit here? And he's like, "Oh, okay, then, then we can sit here all night. Like, were you just gonna go home? Were you just gonna pick her up and go home? Like, I don't. Bye. Know, it's you just you See do it. not leave your children in their time of need like this. And I just like n- not on the Tate train because of it. You know?
0: Yeah, we're off the Tate train, Dylan. I'm sorry.
1: Well, there's more room for me in the dining car of the
0: Tate train then. Unbelievable.
3: I mean, I I thought the scene was incredibly well acted. What do you guys think?
0: It was well acted. well acted, but poorly written because it's just so dumb. It doesn't make sense. It's just mm. like she's begging you to stay. And you're just like, nope, I got to go. And I'm like, oh, why? At least explain why you got to go more so than oh,
3: his he's, line he's was. Like, so- I already sent in. I contract or something stupid well, no, like that. His
0: line was like, I got to go figure out my life. And I'm like, so you're just going to walk away from every responsibility that you have. You're Yeah, is he like what
1: in his late 30s, early 40s? Mhm. Early yeah, 40s.
0: Yeah,
3: is is your daughter not your life? Exactly. Is that not the most important thing in your life? I go. It, it seems like if I was in a situation that would be the most important thing I in my gotta life. Go I got to
1: go to Maui, Aloha Marissa.
3: The final closing scene um start of the waterworks again for me. Um, Marissa, who's been sitting at the, uh, lighthouse with her dad all night, sees him off to the airport, kind of shows up at her house. She's in yesterday's outfit. She's still in that same hoodie that Tate brought for her and she arrives with bagels and, um, you know, she, she kind of brings them, brings them in and you can immediately, you know, Sandy sees her and he knows what's going on. And, um, it's kind of just establishes like she doesn't have anyone. They're the people that she's closest with. You know, their house is just so opposite from Caleb and Julie. Like, it's, you know, moderately sized. Everyone there, it's very bright and loving and warm, which I don't think she's feeling at her own house. And I just, you know, there was such a desperation in her demeanor um, and just like a sadness in her eyes. She has really sad eyes. Like her big, big old, you guys know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, but again, I'm not sure if that's acting or not (laughs) big
1: sad marissa eyes
3: yeah i don't i don't know i just this scene was really moving to me Mm because she was kind of like i have bagels like as if she needed it in order to be Mm -hmm. to have a reason to go there when everyone in that house knows you don't need a reason we know why you're here and we love and accept you Mm -hmm. as you are but i don't know i found that scene to be very heartbreaking and um very bittersweet yeah
0: that was a great episode.
3: But yeah, good episode. Hard episode to watch for me.
0: And my only other thing that I thought was kind of kind of foreshadowing was whenever Seth comes in when he's hungover, he talks to Ryan and then he goes to the main house and he sees his mom and she goes, oh, my son, the wino. It's like, Ooh, yeah. Oh, cringe. I learned it from watching you, mom. I learned it by watching you. Parents
1: who use drugs have children who use drugs. Chekhov's hangover. That's <laughs> not how that works. Old Dylan. Hey,
3: Wait, yeah. <laughs> what is your line about Chekhov's gun or Occam's razor? Yeah, Chekhov's gun,
1: Occam's razor, or um, Freudian slippers. <laughs> Murphy's law.
0: Law and order. The
3: Freudian slippers, because Lindsay has a pair of Freudian slippers, she, right?
0: Yeah,
1: she's so cute.
3: Oh,
0: so that okay. will get us into episode number eight of season two, titled The Power of Love. The Power of Love features Sandy Cohen on screen for a whopping... 17 minutes and 11 seconds. By far the most of any episode so far, even more than the pilot, which I believe was like 15 minutes. This is a very Sandy heavy episode. Yes. Dylan, what else do we need to know about the power of love?
1: As far as the power of love goes, that's a lifetime of lessons. But for the purposes of this episode, it originally aired on January 13th, 2005 to 7.86 million viewers. And it was written by John Stevens. And I gotta tell you Who's
0: John Stevens?
1: I don't know. Just the guy who wrote this episode. Okay. At at least that's all I know at this point. But uh, I gotta tell you guys something else. And by you guys, I mean Ryan, because Chelsea's still getting her inhaler. Um, uh Uh-oh, everyone! It's Sandy and Kirsten's 19th oops, I mean 20th anniversary (laughs) and Sandy forgot? Question mark, question mark, question mark? But... There's a lot more going on. Seth gets laid. Summer gets smart. Sandy sings. Lindsay gets friend-zoned by her sister? Hey, it's strong, and it's sudden, and it can be cruel sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of love. So let's talk about this episode.
0: Are we sure that Seth got laid in this episode? Because I didn't get that vibe.
1: Well... Typically, if a girl doesn't have a shirt on, that means you're getting laid, I, okay, right?
3: So that, no, no that absolutely not. Too, because I thought, I mean, like, Alex seems kind of like fun and like she's, I don't know, like not that big of a deal to her. And he's shacking over.
0: She's very sex positive. I don't believe. But he even when he talks to his dad at the end of the episode, um, Sandy's like, are you having sex? And he's like, no, it's not like that. Well,
3: you
1: wouldn't tell your dad, but also.
0: He immediately told his dad when he started having yeah. sex with Summer. But that's, but that's Summer. Uh, and now, I don't and know. Now, I'm not convinced that they are like having sex.
1: But now he's a veteran and everyone knows that sex is when the girl takes all her clothes off and the men take <laughs> only their pants off and keep everything else, including their socks on.
3: Well, to I their think shit, they would have made yeah. a bigger deal about them <laughs> not because I, if they didn't, it would be very like misogynistic because they make a really, really big deal when Seth and Zach might hook up later in the season.
0: Seth and Zach. Sorry. <laughs> hey, tell me
1: but, Hey, let's wow. keep it going. When, okay.
3: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um
1: So Luke is in the room too, right? Tell us more.
0: No, when I made that like dream blunt rotation joke on Twitter, I was like, uh-huh. I. W- in real life it would be Sandy Tate, Luke, and uh I guess Ryan. Alan Dale. No, Julie. Julie. Alan Dale.
1: It would be Caleb Nickel. It would no. just be the v- it would just be the bachelor party group from season
0: one. I'm just saying that, like, I, for Alex to be walking around like putting a shirt, maybe she was just changing shirts. Like, we don't know. Maybe she's getting dressed. I just, I just don't believe they had. I thought I thought it would be a bigger deal if they did have sex. I feel like Seth would go to Ryan and be like, "I had sex with Alex," and he didn't do anything like that.
1: He, he would walk into the pool house and scream, "I can't believe I had sex with Alex." I don't know her last name.
0: <laughs> what is her last name? I
3: don't. Do we ever I think learn? It's,
0: I think it's Jones. Alex. <laughs> Whatever Alex Jones clip I put in the podcast like months ago, I'm going to put it back in right now.
3: What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. So this, <laughs> this
1: episode starts with, uh, with Ryan um, – solving a very very important internet debacle which is does the milk go in first or does the cereal and very clearly ryan atwood places the cornflakes in the bowl first and then he pours the milk in um what kind of psychopath puts the milk in first i don't know apparently a lot of (laughs) it would
3: do that That absolutely not how do you know how much the only time
1: The only time you should put the the the, the milk in first is Dylan, when the, the milk is you say, the, milk. In the bowl. You say milk. You, <laughs> you,
0: you say milk. Yeah, you
1: milk? say milk. I'm so how Absurd. do you say? It? Do you say milk? No, we say milk, milk. Like, like
3: a normal, normal, normal person. Milk,
1: <laughs> <laughs> milk. Yeah. not milk. So apparently, I say I say I say milk in Colorado in strange ways. Colorado. Yeah, apparently it's Colorado. Like it's rad. No to me one says
3: Colorado, milk. Dylan.
1: I say, call, how do you say, it? Call a Colorado, rod, like, like Col- thy Colorado. rod and thy staff, they comfort me, kind of thing. Rod. Colorado, Colorado. Okay, but Milk. so the so uh, he gets a phone call and it's Seth, and we've already kind of touched on this, but Seth is uh, either getting laid or making sure that she's changing safely. Um, Alex is in her house.
0: Alex Kelly, by the way.
1: Oh. Alex Kelly. Uh, Fake news It's Alex Jones So uh, Miss Jones Is at her House Slash apartment (laughs) Harry Styles Girlfriend Changing Yeah Harry Styles Girlfriend Is changing And Seth Is there And Seth Needs uh, Ryan To cover For him Because They may Or may Not have Had sex And Ryan Is not Really comfortable With the Idea um, and so we'll see if he's a good liar. I happen to think he's a very good liar, but that's not the most important thing happening in this scene. The most important thing is we see Sandy Cohen doing one of the many things that he does best, and he's tying his tie. He gets a hug from behind, and he gets Kirsten saying, happy anniversary, and you immediately see just some stellar acting. From David Gallier. From David Gallier. From David Gallier. From David Gallier. From Xavier Gallier. Just you see his face, drain of color, and the realization dawns on him that he's forgotten his anniversary. He first says, oh, it's our 19th anniversary. It's not. It's their 20th anniversary. And so everyone's a little bit on edge by the time they go and they see Ryan in the kitchen. How do you all, how do you all feel about this? Have you ever forgotten about an important, I guess, event in a relationship or in a, be it familial or intimate or watching someone change kind of relationship? um where you've been in a position like sandy
0: no i've never forgotten an important date like an anniversary or anything like that no i have not wow Uh, i do like that that becomes like a bit in the show like that seth and ryan both remember the anniversary like that's oh yeah like um sandy's face when ryan mentions it in particular Mm -hmm. or whenever he asked them, he's like do you know what this weekend is and they're like yeah it's your anniversary sandy's face was perfect it was like a two second freeze on his face it felt like it was an hour
1: i'm kind of the same but as Ryan is I haven't actually ever forgotten a date but every once in a while Leslie will like be really nice and like buy me a gift for just no reason other than hey you're a great person and I'll get that gift and the first thing I'll think about is what did I forget?
0: Closest thing I think is like, it's either Canada or the UK have Mother's Day in March because they just had it like last week.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: every year you get on social media and you see people, a couple of people being like, oh my God, happy Mother's Day. And they're posting pics of their mom in March. And I'm like, oh, fuck, did I forget Mother's Day? Oh my God. It's like a moment of panic every year. But mm-hmm. that's just in a different country.
1: So we have this awkward situation between Kirsten and Sandy Kirsten's smart. So I think she understands that Sandy may have accidentally forgotten the anniversary. Um, so they go in, they see Ryan. Ryan is, uh, is, is wrist deep in his cornflakes, and they start asking him questions. Where's, you know, where's Seth, what's going on? Ryan comes out of nowhere with, I, what I think is one of the most, off-the-cuff perfect excuses for where he is oh he went to school early and they ask him why oh he had a paper duel what's the paper and then he hits him with what is it um
0: agriculture 20th, century- 20th century agriculture or something.
1: yes in california which is
0: like insane
1: and spot-on but then sandy of course being sandy he may not be able to remember his 20th anniversary but he does remember that he used to be a public defender and he's been lied to by the best mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, And so he, of course, figures everything out immediately.
0: I don't know if you're going like storyline by storyline, but if you're going through the episode, like there was the scene in between where um, Marissa goes to Julie at their house and just goes, I need money. And I was like, that's relatable content. So I thought
1: that actually came afterwards, but we can talk about that right now. I really kind of liked Caleb in that scene because Julie was trying to use it as some kind of leverage where it's like, well... New, uh, is it Newport Living or this mag? No, it's not Newport Living. It's this magazine wants to feature Riviera. Our- yeah, the Riviera wants to feature our family on the cover photo, and so you know, you do something for me, I do something for you. and Marissa kind of fights with her, and Caleb just goes, "Oh, come on," and just gives her the money. Which mm-hmm. I am. Um, I feel like Caleb. It's almost like Caleb understands Marissa better than anyone else on the show. Which, uh, which I really appreciated. But um, solid scene, and we'll come back to that photo shoot later. But so they're in school, um, they're drinking coffee and that – opulent amazing coffee shop that they have just randomly in the school and Zach comes up and um, they start talking about comic books and guys I have some <coughs> terrible news but this is your comic book minute so the X-Men that Zach was referring to is most likely an issue of Astonishing X-Men so Joss Whedon who was recently cancelled Nerd God of Buffy Avengers Avengers Age of Ultron and the non Snyder cut of the Justice League penned the first 24 issues that began on May 27th 2004 as <laughs> as garbage as Whedon is um this is actually one of my favorite runs of x-men because he's a good fit for marvel's style of storytelling which is one of the reasons why the justice league cut that he wrote is one of the only movies i have ever turned off without finishing i turned it off after 15 minutes also watch the snyder cut it's great and this has been your comic book minute so as much as you guys hate it you now know if you're ever no you'll never be in a situation where this is relevant so anyway um so they're all talking about x-men and uh summer's like it's too early in the morning to talk about comics much like uh ryan and chelsea would say and so uh zach's like okay whatever goes off to get coffee and um summer starts ribbing seth flirting if you will but i wouldn't go that far or would i and starts talking about him wearing the same clothes as he was wearing yesterday to which seth is like thank you for setting that up for me thank you for teeing it up i'm going to go ahead and knock it down the fairway and tell you well yeah it's uh, it is the same clothes. She's what are you shacking with with Alex and
0: you know he uh, he did
1: he he stayed with her. Some really
0: did set her. Summer really did set herself up for that.
3: <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, that she... was like a kind of a cringe TV moment.
0: But
1: after that, so Ryan and Lindsay decide they're they're not wanting to tell Kirsten about their relationship because things are kind of too weird at this point. How do you feel about that?
0: They ran in randomly, run into each other in the hallway and. This was the first time that I was like, I had to look up Lindsay's age <laughs> to look up Shannon Lucio's age, because she's wearing the hair not completely pulled back. It's got a middle part. She's joined Gen. Z, she's joined Gen Z. Uh, mm-hmm. She's got a middle part, and she's wearing a very low cut top. Like it's very out of yes. her wheelhouse of the things she normally wears, which are like pantsuits. She's wearing a very yeah, low cut top.
3: A lot of khakis.
0: A lot of Michael she Scott She just looked suits. really hot in this scene. Just kind of out of nowhere, just like going to school, casual. But man, it was she was looking good.
1: So they decided to meet up. To did he? Free, oh no, he didn't. I thought he was leaving us again. <laughs> Bye. Thought you were going so I away. I
0: want to say Lindsay's hot. And I'm leaving.
3: Lindsay's
1: hot. He's I'm over. done. Bye. Bye. Lindsay's hot. The end. Mic drop. So Ryan and Lindsay make plans to see each other later to quote unquote study, which we know means they're going to be hitting much more than the books, and. So we go back home, and Sandy's doing this shtick where he's like very loudly confirming the plans that he allegedly made the entire time <laughs> for their anniversary at a hotel and resort. So his big plan to keep the boys in line is just he's going to to you know he's going to ground them or he's going to send them over to spend the weekend at
0: Caleb's house. Weird thing to just be like, we're going to send them to spend the weekend with Caleb and Julie, which I didn't, they have never done before. It's never been brought up before. It's like, okay. that's.
3: Do they even have, like, does Seth even talk to his grandpa ever? Like, I think maybe they've said three sentences to each other this whole show. They don't have a relationship.
0: Sending them to that giant house with Julie, who clearly doesn't, who can't control anyone. That's her own daughter. And Caleb, who doesn't give a fuck, mm-hmm. who's going to let them do whatever they want. It just seems like not up punishment. And give not them money. Yeah.
1: This is probably one of the most bizarre parts of the show, or this episode for me, is we kind of flash to Summer's bedroom, and Marissa is trying to study, which... I've never actually seen Marissa do. They're trying to study. French. I really
0: thought you were going to say the. Jo- I thought you were going to say the joke. uh that when since Sandy and Kirsten are on the couch and they're like, well, I think this is where it happens where they're on the couch and they're like, well, maybe we can hang out with him now as punishment or something like that. And he goes, Oh, Bill O'Reilly's on TV. That'll really punish him or something. It was a real big, it was a real dig to Bill O'Reilly.
3: <laughs> yeah. But I my question S- is Sandy
1: is the eternal
0: liberal.
3: Like, like were they watching, but it was already on. They didn't like flip it over. That that could have been a re- funny bit is if like Kirsten was really into Fox News and Sandy that would was, actually like, a that'd apple. be
0: great actually.
3: Yeah, they like Im- kind of imply it, but like I don't know. Didn't we decide as a
1: podcast that she would have been a MAGA hat wearing person and Sandy would have
0: not been? No.
3: I don't think I don't think she would have been a MAGA person. She would have been like a oh I vote Republican but i don't she would have been
0: more it. like a timberlake or tom brady even just like low key maga like not super parading parading it not being proud about mm. it but just protecting her money
1: would they have had a boat at the uh, newport um harbor um trump boat parade
0: no
3: no definitely not
0: sandy would not allow that to happen no
3: she no she way. would have she would have voted trump because her and Louise linton used to run around together <laughs>
1: i like this <laughs> Write the fan fiction. So they're trying to study... Marissa and Summer are trying to study French. And by Marissa and Summer, I mean Marissa, because Summer's got her mind elsewhere. Um, She has decided that because Seth is clearly getting laid and or making sure that Alex Jones is safe while she's changing, um, that she has to go ahead and do the same thing too and take the next step with Zach. And the interesting thing is Marissa is like, you can't rush it. You have to wait until you're ready to do it, which is completely the opposite of what she actually did. And it makes me wonder if she may have learned something from her experience. What did you all think about that?
0: These kids take sex very seriously, which is why I don't think Seth and Alex are having sex, which is like when Summer's making a big deal of like making it a big deal to Zach, like we should have sex. Like that's her plan, even though it doesn't quite go that way. So um, yeah, I think that, marissa knows i mean marissa's not having sex with dj i don't think that's implied at, ever i don't think ryan and Lindsay mm-hmm. are having sex so i think it's yeah they're taking it very seriously
3: they, they get kind of close during this episode though i don't know
0: well that's what i'm saying like people can make out a lot and take clothes off doesn't mean they're yeah, there were cl-
3: yeah okay you're right that's a good point they're just hooking up i'm not like an old i'm not like an old lady who's like oh there was clothing removed i know what's happening you're right there's many stages <laughs>
1: I want you all to know that as she said that, she's wrapped herself in like a fur shawl. Yes,
3: I'm the queen of the North. I thought those
1: things smelled bad on the outside.
3: I, yeah, Um, it's very cozy. It's like a little blanket.
1: Lindsay shows up to the house to quote unquote study, Mm -hmm. right? And they go into the pool house um, and do their thing and at this point, Sandy and Kirsten are kind of starting to waffle a little bit to try and figure out if this is really a good idea to discipline them, to lock them in their rooms, and they realize kind of that the best form of punishment is family time. Watching Bill O'Reilly, and so watching Bill <laughs> O'Reilly, and so they decide that they are going to split up and go and get the uh, get each child, and Sandy goes to get Seth, and Seth is already halfway out his window. So not a good idea. And just when he thought it couldn't get any worse, Kirsten goes and doesn't really knock, just maybe taps once and then immediately opens the door. And Ryan has no shirt on, and, which, which means they're having sex. And there's some heavy petting going on and he's just making out with his aunt, um, very Jon <laughs> Snow of him. And it, it, it makes me wonder, Ryan has now been caught at least, what, three times? Why does he never lock the pool house door when that's he knows- awesome.
3: But Brian is more than just making out with Lindsay. Like, he has his journey bumping. Yeah, like, that
0: was my original music moment of the episode. I had to remove it because of what happens later. But yeah, fucking- I, Knowing that Ryan loves journey is one thing. Knowing that that's what he puts on to like set the mood is a whole other thing that I'm I, We learned by. a
3: lot about his character in that moment. That was pretty yeah.
0: cool. That has Julie yeah. Cooper energy.
3: Ah, it does. Oh my gosh. But I actually how goofy cuz that is my outfit of the episode.
0: Shirtless Ryan.
3: <laughs> well, it's like shirtless Ryan, but like Lindsay is in like this really flimsy little like uh, spaghetti strap or when spaghetti straps sort were of a thing? But then she's wearing it with like these awful mom khaki. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I know the exact pair. She got him at Gap like she had to have. Like, my mom had 18 pairs. I'm pretty sure I had three pairs. But it's just like, it's like a very sexually charged moment. Ryan's all young. His arms are all buff. And then she's in this little flimsy tank top. And then these goofy ass, like, khaki pants. Like, they look like very business casual.
1: (laughs) Hey, you got to dress up sometimes to dress down. (laughs) So I'm kind of sad that there was no... Resolution after all this stuff happened, you just see the morning after, where they've made just this this spread of pancakes, which I thought was kind of—I don't know if it was intentional—but it reminds me of whenever Ryan was just freshly at the Cohen's house and he makes this entire giant breakfast spread, kind of as a "don't hate me." Yeah, because Kirsten tries
3: to tell him to go home, and she's like, "Did you make breakfast?" And that Seth has an awesome line too because he was like a blueberry banana and then he goes and if you're feeling sinful chocolate chip
0: (laughs) yeah yeah but hang on i want to quickly say that if you're kirsten and you walk in on seth and your sister making out or ryan and your sister making out um she's the only one in the dark about this like everyone else knows it's happening like sandy knows seth Mm -hmm. knows um so it's weird for them to keep hiding that from her. Also she sees them around a lot like they're with each other all the time she even walked in on them during tate's going away party in the pool house they were making out she gave them enough of a knock runway for them to stop making out but like i just can't believe that she just thinks that they're just friends at this point Like they're hanging out alone in the pool house together all the time
3: yeah, I'm confused too. Yeah. This goes back to my very traumatic prom story. He was my study buddy and my um you know ACT study buddy, and everyone was kind of like, Oh yeah, they're studying wink wink. And I was like, Yeah, like go ahead and think that. I'm about to close in. <laughs> Ugh. Even my parents, they were like, open door policy, Chelsea. Like, I don't who actually studies when you're supposed wow. to you, you Chelsea's know what I mean? still
0: Chelsea's still fine. She's not needing I'm to
3: perfectly fine i don't think this about is- that occasion ever
1: <laughs> this is my new favorite inside podcast joke is chelsea dealing with her deeply rooted emotional
0: teenage drama i did
3: not think about this story for like 15 i mean not since i was 18 so it's been 14 years but then the that oc guy really visit- brought
0: it out of you oh. no
3: it's that it's not only oc but that guy also came and visited me um like over quarantine he like came and stayed with uh, me and alex
0: yeah. Wow. We, we, yeah, we heard the story last week.
3: Yeah, I. So I don't know. Now I'm just. I'm like rethinking. I'm like, you know, replaying it. And I'm like, should we
0: do a bonus episode where we get that guy in on the Zoom call? We, yeah. we ask him. Let's ask yes. him some questions. We should. All
1: I'm saying is, you have you have Chelsea here who is like reliving some harsh trauma, getting really really worked up, wearing her her fur shawl and going to, leaving to get her inhaler. <laughs> I'm worried that by the end of the second season, we will kill Chelsea. It's
0: so We're lots of repressed memories coming up.
1: And so I will try and continue to take it easy. So Sandy in one of my favorite scenes of the second season decides that he's going to try and quote unquote, solve this problem uh, with regard to Seth by going and talking to Alex, Alex at the bait Harry shop. Alex Jones, girlfriend, Alex Jones, House girlfriend, Alex Jones <laughs> uh, the girl who needs to have people there when she's changing shirts um, but at least that's what we think at first. We think he's going there to stay away from my son. That wasn't an imitation. That was my voice. It was almost an imitation. Mm. Uh, turns out he's not. He's saying that he needs help um, because he wants a nice anniversary. No, he wants I don't to think maybe... so.
0: That's not how it happened. You don't think he, he... Didn't... We never saw that think... scene. That never happened. I think Seth I is. Think the... I Seth don't... set that up.
3: No. I th- well, I, I think, think Alex set it up.
1: Now, Alex said up, but I mean, he wants a nice anniversary in the sense that okay, maybe I, I came without a backwards Sandy way. Sandy did
0: not go to Alex to ask her to help him with the anniversary. Sa- Sandy went to Alex. Sandy went to Harry Styles' girlfriend to mm-hmm. tell her this whole thing that he t- the thing that we see about her and his son and he, how he wants her to stay away from him. She's smart. She seems great, but they're just not. Yeah. She's just not good, just good for him right now. Bad, bad. It's much later. Like it's much later in the episode where Sandy goes. My weekend oh my is gosh. ruined. And Ryan and Seth go, how can we help? And that's when they, I, off screen, I'm assuming they then go to Alex to set up the bait shop thing.
1: I'm Mandela affecting an episode that I watched yesterday. Okay, yeah, you're right. He he doesn't go there to like lambast her. He goes there to basically just say, I need my anniversary weekend to go well. I need you to straighten Seth out. I need to not have this problem continue happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I care about him, etc. And then we get, the which leads to these amazing moments from Alex later where she's like, It's amazing to have like a father figure that cares about you. Mm -hmm. You need to not, you know, forget about that and this and that. So anyway, we go to Summer and Zach and Summer is really excited because as we learned from French studying, she's ready to take the relationship to the next level, which you need to be more clear about what you mean, because when she tells Zach, he's really excited about it. and He talks about great my... You know, my, my my I'll tell my family. My sister's going to be here this weekend, and Summer's like, "Okay, that's weird. You're really close to your family." Um, but anyway, he seems equally excited to take the relationship to the next level. So we have a uh, a little bit of um,
0: but of a disagreement no, it's here. a classic OC mix-up where he thinks that taking the relationship to the next level is I want to meet your parents and your family, and she thinks it's we should have sex. But yeah. it turns mm-hmm. into you're going to meet my family tomorrow. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So before we get to that fun, um, Seth is still a bad boy, even though Alex said that she doesn't like bad Bad boys and he is super, super grounded. So he goes to Alex's apartment um, to try and... You know, continue being a bad boy. And it turns out Alex has seen the wisdom that Sandy Cohen has placed upon her about caring that things are going on. And we have our first kind of time and space conversation that happens a couple times in this episode. And um, she wants to be able to figure some stuff out. And she can't do that with Seth there.
0: What do again, say about it's that? This, the same thing that's been dragged out over like four or five episodes now where it's it's Alex and Seth and it's Ryan and Lindsay going, let's be together. Okay. Well, wait, hang on. Maybe not. No, I'm just kidding. Let's mm. be together. Well, okay, wait, maybe not. Okay. No, let's be together. And it just happens over and over and over again. Mm-hmm.
1: So now we get to the moment that I Mandela affected into the last scene where... They go back. Sandy and Kirsten are back at the house, and Kirsten is clearly like, "The boys aren't going to stay with Julie Cooper. We need to be there for him. This is too much of an intense this is time. A great scene. Let's not do anything. Let's not do anything this weekend. Um, let's just stay here. Boom. It's done. Cancel the weekend. It's over." Um, and kind of continuing off of that scene, that next morning, um, Sandy gets Ryan and Seth there, and he's like, Guys, no, "No, no, hang on. You've left out a um, giant part."
0: There when what? Sandy and Kirsten are they get into this huge argument. It's a bad one. Yeah. Like it's a really good scene. Like it's them having this huge argument about how Sandy is like the the cool dad that's always the friend and leaves leaves Kirsten as the person that always has to actually enforce the punishments and the rules. Right. She's like, You're too busy being their friend all the time. And she blames she yeah. blames Sandy for the Portland thing. She's like, it's it's basically, it's your fault that he went to Portland and he stayed there. You're the one that went up there and told him he could stay. Do
3: we think that was like a low blow for her? Or do some, I mean, maybe not a low blow, but it's something stewing on.
0: Yeah. It's something that like you shouldn't, if she brought it up that long after it happened, it's definitely something that she hasn't gotten over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah that that annoys me whenever you're arguing. like I like to have arguments about the thing we're arguing about
3: yeah once mm-hmm. you start bringing up other stuff then it's just not gonna go you, you have to just end it there
0: yeah
1: there and I, I feel like in my haste to get to the finale of this episode I forgot that there was a very good Sandy Cohen quote when he was talking to Harry Styles girlfriend at the bait shop where he says sometimes in order to be a good dad you have to be a bad guy yeah Mm-hmm. Which which makes me I, I immediately when he said that thought about if you apply that quote to Tate, you're seeing I kind of see where my where like our issue with him is.
0: He's being a bad dad to be a good guy.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. and I also completely forgot that we have a very very bizarre line uh, from from Summer when she's talking to Zach about um, Zach's like, I have to go pick my sister up from the airport. And Summer immediately goes, oh, is she handicapped? Kind to pick up my sister from the airport tonight.
3: Um, why, is she handicapped or something?
0: No. Yeah, that still now, doesn't make was sense that? to
3: me. That's, that, that was the dumbest line. Was like, she
0: trying to make a dad joke? I don't know because- <laughs>
3: That's a, but, bit, a joke that Danny would have made.
0: <laughs> Danny was go big, right?
3: Yeah, the, okay. the big- he got too big.
0: Yeah, too big. Yeah.
1: No, I just cause I saw that line. I'm like, I people pick me up from the airport all the time. I pick people up from the airport all the time. I don't know where she was going with this. It doesn't make sense in any way. Mm-hmm. We also have a very minor scene, a very minor scene that's important um leading up to uh to, to 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 later with Ryan and Lindsay where Lindsay like goes and tries to have this conversation with Kirsten about like so do you want to go be friends and all this stuff? Not and, not be friends. She, gets, episode,
0: she doesn't want to. Yeah. She wants to be like. Close. Yeah, you want
1: to be you want to be family. Basically, yeah, and then like in an earlier episode, like go shopping and all this stuff, and 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 Kirsten, Kirsten friend zones her and says, "I don't necessarily like. I don't want to be your sister. I just want to be your friend. Which I feel like that's like a next level of friend zoning.
3: Yeah, um, that's so. That's- oh man, how do you tell a girl that you just want to be friends? Like That was oof.
0: weird because you know that Kirsten is like an empath because she could sense the disappointment in Lindsay when she walked away, but she didn't do anything to stop it. She didn't do anything to fix it. And I feel like that was just because she was in her own shit dealing with Sandy oh. and the, the fight of the night before. Um, so yeah. she was just in a mood and she kind of took it out on Lindsay in a, in a weird way. I mean, I th- it's cool that she was honest with her. Um, in that scene in particular, Kirsten's voice was so weird. Did anyone notice? It was so deep. It sounded like she was (laughs) sick, maybe. She sounded like three octaves lower than she normally sounds. Accepting Ryan into my home as my son was a
2: huge deal for me. And taking you in as my sister, which I am thrilled about, it's just complicated.
3: I thought that was a good – I mean, it, it. obviously, she was sad in the moment, but I thought it was really funny when Lindsay's talking to Ryan. And she goes, wow, this morning, I had a boyfriend and a sister, and now all I have are friends, and she kind of storms off, and I, I don't know. I thought that was really funny. It's
1: like that – in 2000, we had cash and jobs, <laughs> and
3: <laughs> now
1: – But, uh, okay, so now let's get to an amazing, obnoxious, awful, and wonderful scene, and that's lunch with Zach's family. And by family, we mean Zach's mother and Zach's sister, Abby, I think. is Yeah, but
0: this starts off in a way that Summer's walking in going like, oh, dads love me, and Zach's like, oh, my dad's not here. And I'm like, how did you not tell her this before right now? That's a big deal. Like, opposite sex is so much easier to get along with in that situation. Like, she needs the dad to be there.
3: Yeah, totally. Yes. Especially because he... I feel like didn't Zach kind of warn her about his sister?
1: Yeah, but but don't worry. He's in D.C. for a good reason. He's stuck on an assault weapons band yeah.
3: mm-hmm.
1: Um, So we got that little detail in there in case we wanted to know where they stood. But uh, so Abby's there, mom's there, and Zach's there. And they walk in, they sit down. Summer is just being herself, being cute and being awesome. And... For some reason, these these women decide they're going to continue talking about Kashmir, uh, con- about the conflict in Kashmir, and Summer, who is trying so hard to just let people like her, doing a much better job than Seth did um, at, at his lunch with, uh, with Dr. Roberts. She says, "Oh, uh, like talks about cashmere the fabric as opposed to cashmere the." Uh, yeah, she the, says something
3: about the, like the where. Oh, much like I am wearing a shawl. She kind of talks about like, oh yeah, cashmere.
0: Which I would have done the exact same thing. By the way, I forget unless I see it spelled out with the K capital K. I forget that cashmere is a place.
1: Yeah, and so so that happens and that's kind of like an understandable thing within Abby like doubles down on being rude yeah, about it I hate Zach's, she family. Does.
0: Zach's family sucks yeah I hate them
1: I yeah, literally have a them. note that says I hate Zach's family because mm-hmm. they're like cross-examining her and she's clearly just trying to be nice and fit in and like there's a scene where they're talking about St. Bart's and studying abroad and she was like Summer's like oh you know I, I've heard the four seasons is really great there and Abby just hits her with a I was I was like, what, building wells yeah. for so and so. And mm-hmm. so she's just like, I think, or I was, she was building an irrigation system in southern India, is what she said, which,
3: come on. Yeah, because like, she that said that obnoxious. she was abroad and she goes, oh, where at? I love St. Bar, you know, and that kind of thing.
1: I I hated it. I hated it so much. So let's get away from that scene and let's go back to the bait shop. So Seth is back at the bait shop um, completely violating the time-space agreement that he and Alex inadvertently entered into at uh, at her house. And um, since he's kind of in the doghouse with regard to his mom and his dad, they're no longer paying him his allowance, which I hadn't thought about an allowance until this episode. Um, I miss those. I guess that's kind of what getting paid for work is. <laughs> But anyway, um, he needs his job back
0: because you're he needs money. you're such an idiot. <laughs> I miss my allowance. like what do you go to? you go to your job, right? Like what do you do? yeah, wait i have <laughs> yeah.
1: I have a job. i uh, I, I make five dollars a week. I don't
3: think that you are an idiot. I think that you're really good at filibustering, and I think sometimes when you're like searching for what you want to say, you kind of like just say what's on your mind and then riff off of it. Even if it makes no
1: sense. like Dead. All I'm going to say is dead air is evil air. And I will always protect you both from evil. So, um, so you know what? I'll just get through this without making any fun and quirky quips.
3: No, it was like what you said earlier, whenever you're like, uh, now I forgot the line that you said, but whatever you said earlier.
1: But you're thinking about me. So, um, so anyway, he gets his job back because, and these are kind of the early stages of his plan um, with Ryan to kind of save the anniversary weekend that they inadvertently ruined. But um, that's really all the important stuff that happens at the bait shop. Remember that photo shoot yes. you were talking about earlier? Let's go to the photo shoot. I love this so. Scene. So we have Julie and um, we have Marissa and we have Caleb, and they're standing in front of, as Chelsea through, their palatial mansion. Mm-hmm. And there's a photographer taking far too much time. And Caleb says what everyone wants to say whenever a photographer is taking too much time. And he's like, wait, this guy used to hurry up. What's he doing? Uh, my face is gonna freeze this way. And so <laughs> while it looks funny. And Marissa
3: is, we get good lines from Caleb. Yeah.
0: Oh
1: yeah. And Marissa's not smiling at all the whole time. So that's, I mean, that's face why it was funny. Because the photographer's picture.
0: like, well, smile. And they're like, we are smiling. He's like, well, everyone's not smiling. And it's just Marissa standing there looking just mad. Mm.
1: And so um right on cue while he's still setting up the photo, DJ shows up wearing <laughs> his one of his patented weird um, you know 13 year old going to a wedding dress He really shirts. does
0: not look good yeah. in a dress shirt But Dylan tell me about why this scene is wonderful
1: This scene well this scene is wonderful For a number of reasons but it's perhaps Most wonderful because he's like Alright let's go do this and Caleb
0: <laughs> <Caleb's> <laughs> I laughed thinking about it It made me laugh so hard Caleb, His reaction was like, so Genuine
1: <laughs> is, he here to,
0: is he here to cut the grass he, Is he here, here to do to lawn, the yard the can he reschedule Oh my god
2: He's cut him on the lawn Can he reschedule? I'll handle this. Handle what? Tell him to come back tomorrow and check for poison oak. (laughs) (laughs) Can he
0: reschedule? The way he said it was so good. It was so real. Yeah, that was good acting.
1: (laughs) And so so he is not there to do the yard. He is there to do Marissa and to support her (laughs) um, in this photograph. And... So it turns out Marissa has told him that it's okay with Julie, which I don't know what she thought was going to happen other than Julie saying, what is he doing here? What's going on? And
3: making a scene and embarrass that, but that's selfish on Marissa's part because I was going to embarrass DJ. Like, that's not cool.
0: Yeah. She, what she wanted to happen was what happened, which was just yeah. blow, like, chaos.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Julie goes to quote unquote, take care of DJ. And she meets him there and decides to bribe him to stop hanging out with Marissa. And it turns out uh, $5,000 is the asking price for staying away from the hottest girl in the history of high school. <laughs> so she writes the check, leaves it blank, and throws it in his, uh, weird in Toyota. his nice little commercial, in his Toyota commercial vehicle. And he drives off. No one knows what happens with the photo. Is it taken? We don't know at this point.
0: So Okay. If you're DJ, you absolutely take the money and run. That's a hundred percent what you do in this situation. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't no, I mean, understand I- why he didn't do that. Like she this is just like I said, chaos. Like, why would you put yourself in this? Like, take the money and go. Also, I would have negotiated for, I would have been like 10,000 and it's a deal.
3: Well, I yeah. mean, that was stupid on DJ's part because obviously the mom doesn't like him. Why would she all of a sudden want him in a picture? And that's like awkward for Marissa too. Like, if I was dating a guy and he's still fresh, I wouldn't be like, hey, will you be in my family portrait with me? Like, that's not playing it cool. That's embarrassing.
0: I actually no. agree with what Julie said, was like, you're just like a pawn in this, and yeah, you should be totally compensated right. You should be compensated for your time. And I agree, he should have taken the money. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he doesn't, but we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. First thing I want to talk about is this really awkward, strange peer meetup um, with Lindsay and Ryan, where they both have news, they want to share with one another, and they do that awkward cute thing where it's like, no, you go first, you go first. And so Ryan ends up going first. Turns out his news is that they are just going to be friends, which for the record, I really think that that was a good move on Ryan's part because of what he was doing, because for the reasons he was doing it. So he was saying, I don't think we should date. I think that we should just be friends at this point because the family that has given so much to me, it makes things awkward for them. So I want to do right by them who did right by me. So I think Ryan did it for the right reasons. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I just love hearing you talk about doing things for the right reasons because I need think about The Bachelor. Um, <laughs> I I don't, I mean, again, it's just a thing where it's like, oh, let's be together. Just kidding. Let's not be together. Oh, let's be together. Just kidding, like, I'm just like over it at this point. We've had
3: know. five episodes of this. Like yeah. literally, mm-hmm. it's Lindsay, like all of the four couples, We. I'm so sick of the storyline.
0: I really am too. I did, and I, but I like Lindsay I don't think this is Lindsay's fault
3: no it's not well, and I, mean, I will say I think this episode was a bit of a reset like it did kind of feel a little bit like a finale or like right before a hiatus um because I do feel like a lot of loose ends were tied up
1: now we start to get to the finale of this episode and it begins with this new plan that Sandy has um they're going to go they're gonna to go to dinner at McDonald's the arches um, the arches. <laughs> as they always do, the golden arches. And he decides that he is going to pull some of his weight as a former public defender. And to make sure the boys don't misbehave, he has two really buff cop guys Mm -hmm. who are going to come and babysit them. Mm -hmm. So, little do we know this might be all a part of a very intense plan so they go to mcdonald's the uh, nicest mcdonald's we have ever seen they eat together um kirsten is as we can expect distracted uh with everything that's going on um turns out she may be distracted for right reasons because uh-oh everyone here come the two hot cops into mcdonald's to say hey i got a problem The boys are gone.
0: These cops are not even that hot. They would not make it past the first round of March March Madness.
1: Someone who's willing to put their life on the line for me, I think that's very attractive. I love
0: it so So, much. A cab. (laughs) So we're (laughs)
1: podcast dividing. A cab. So
0: so, a cab for
1: cutie. Um. After (laughs) trivia team name. Oh my god. So um. There's there's this brief, adorable, but also makes me so mad that she feels she has to change scene where Summer is watching the news and is surrounded by all of these magazines, like The Economist. She talks about <laughs>
0: Jacques uh, uh,
1: Jacques Sirac and Kofi Annan and all this stuff, or Kofi Annan. Um, and so there's this brief scene where, you know, we kind of see what Summer is becoming, and this could be the part where I can't remember was it were we talking like in the first season about how at some point Summer Like gets, either gets really smart or is shown to be really smart at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like this is kind of the beginning of showing smart summer because she's able to pick up on that stuff. Like it's not not smart.
0: Zach says it himself. Like people are smart in different ways. Like she is very smart.
3: Yeah,
1: looking looking at her with his crossed eyes.
3: Emotional intelligence.
0: Yeah.
1: So anyway, um, I, I I'm not sure how they get to this point I how how Sandy and Kirsten determine that oh they escape from the police so both of them both of them must be at the bait shop I guess because uh, Alex is there but anyway, so they show up to the bait shop. They're still kind of arguing a little bit when they get in there and then lo and behold, surprise. Mm. It's a great party. A party. And not it's only. A, that
3: looks like a fun ass party too.
1: Yeah, that the only thing it's missing is some six uh,
0: kegs. Six kegs and crazy honeys. Six kegs. <laughs> six kegs.
1: Crazy honeys and some balloon therapy Newport. Yeah. So, um, so they rolled in there and you know, we had Modest Mouse in the last episode, but we have one of the greatest bands ever in this episode, and it is Sandy Cohen and The News. Who
0: is The News? Like, I know it's I know it's a play on Huey Lewis, but like, who is this band? But like, who just knows these songs? Like, are they just a jam in, band? I don't know. I have questions.
1: In my head, I like to think it's actually The News, as in <laughs> Huey Lewis and The News, but...
0: I know it's not. Dylan, can I tell you a joke I think you're going to really like? There's a local comedian named Zach Smith. that is, He's one of the best that's ever done it in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. He has a joke where he goes... This is my impression of Huey Lewis berating his band
1: after a concert. Well, guys, I hate to say it, but I got some bad news. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shout okay. out to Zach Smith. Okay.
1: Good job, Zach Smith. I like you now. I'm going to follow you on all the social medias um but so basically the rest of this episode with okay
0: no no okay so this is i have notes let me say it. so it starts with seth and ryan emceeing this event again they are incredible at this they're great event emcees i think every child on this show is like a born presenter They're killing the MCing game. Um, Sandy's band, I don't know who they are. They are working well. This was, I believe, the because I I mentioned when they talk about the Solomon Burke song in season one, and they play it Mm -hmm. in the hot tub, that Sandy covers this song, or that Peter Gallagher covers this song in real life, and it's his first single off his solo album that releases, I think, now. I think this was written... As promotion for his solo album that was coming out in real life, Peter Gallagher's solo album, Damn. because he covers um, he covers Don't Give Up On Me by Solomon Burke in the episode. It's also, I mean, the, the, what you hear in the episode is his version that he sings on the album. So it's weird music promotion. But my biggest takeaway from this, it's a weird anniversary gift to give to your wife, to be like, I'm going to sing at you now, Right. Well,
1: he also bought her dinner.
0: Okay. If you want to go have a night out with your wife, that's cool. If you want to have a party with your friends and family, that's cool. But to be like, but also I'm going to get on stage and sing for 30 minutes. That's a really weird anniversary gift to me. I would never, I mean, that's a Dylan move, I think, to be so self-centered, to be it about you <laughs> on stage. But I just think hey. it's really weird. Uh, Chelsea, how would you feel if, if Alex is taking you out for an anniversary dinner and he's like, by the way, I'm going to get on stage and sing for the next 30 minutes in front of this crowd?
3: Um. Well, it kind of reminded me of in Mad Men when Megan sings for Don, and he's just mortified. Like, I don't know, I guess it depends on your kind of vibe as a couple like for i think some people really get off on being like look how much my mate loves me
0: kirsten is not that person
3: Uh, yeah she she's not that kind of person don draper was not that kind of person don draper looked like he wanted to lay down on the ground and die when megan um i i i
2: feel like
3: i i feel like me and alex would both be like pretty embarrassed in that moment i don't know
0: and kirsten like Kirsten seems happy because the situation, like all the conflicts have kind of resolved and it's like a big coming together moment of like, okay, everyone's good. She doesn't seem happy that he's like up there singing. She seems a little put out by it, to be honest. Like whenever Seth introduces her to Alex wow. and Alex is like, your husband rocks. And she's just like, don't say that. <laughs> I was like, like mm-hmm. she's not that into this, I don't think.
3: Yeah, I don't think that she has that kind of personality to like being the center of it because it's like he's the center of attention, but really she is because everyone is going to be watching her to see her reaction.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Have, you, have either of you ever been sung at?
3: No, I think I. I remember Outside I was of really embarrassed when people would like ask me to. <laughs> we gonna begin, We would ask me to dances. <laughs> I would get really kind of embarrassed. I don't know.
0: And this one, Tell and this one moment in particular.
3: Yeah, this one in particular, but I didn't get asked to that one, so very different. But I, yeah. I remember, I was like. <gasps> Like, I just had anxiety surrounding it because I just knew that everyone was looking at me. So I, I was very conscious of, like, I have to look really excited or else this is going to be awkward. But I don't want to look too excited because okay. people are going to think I'm really into them. This and, is actually a question
0: know. that relates to this, actually. Are you, like, a public... When you when Alex proposed, was It was like, a public proposal?
3: No, it was okay. just our families. And he was just as... I mean, Alex is more so of an introvert than I am. So he, like... I don't even remember he says he doesn't even remember the sentence that he said to me. He didn't really prepare anything.
0: How do you think you would have reacted had it been in front of a large crowd of like a lot of strangers?
3: Well, even uh, this is this is like kind of personal, but even during our wedding vows, I felt that same kind of like, oh, everyone's looking at me. I have to say something funny. And I remembered the um the, you know, past it's not even pastor. Our friend officiated our wedding, and he was like, "Do you promise to love and obey?" And I was like, I was so awkward in that moment. I was like, Obey! Like I literally said that during my wedding ceremony. Like that's terrible. You're that's supposed funny. to be really serious. That's like charming.
0: Say... No, you're not supposed to be serious.
3: Oh, are wow. you? I don't, it's it's I your remember. wedding. You can
1: be whatever you want.
0: I've officiated like five or six five weddings in my life, mm-hmm. and like I, you got to make them funny. I got to make them laugh.
3: There was a lot of other funny moments in our wedding, though. But just during that moment, I like that's one of those things when I look back and I cringe because I was like, oh, was I being disrespectful? Like in that moment, like
1: of of what?
3: I don't know. Of, of, your, the of Lord yourself. Yeah, or just of like hey, the he's got a sense of, of humor. The vows, I don't know.
1: The thought of someone planning something, getting something together, and doing everything all for me, so people can like be excited about me, I get incredibly uncomfortable. And it seems like you might kind of be that way too, where it's like because yeah. even when when yeah. Le- when Leslie and I were doing our like when I proposed to Leslie, it was literally just the two of us and a photographer, because like I just wanted I didn't want that pressure of everything else i just wanted to focus on that no one thing. that
3: makes perfect sense because i when i like being the center of attention is because i'm in control i'm doing a bit you know what i mean because yeah. well, like, you, you like being the center of
0: attention because you can stop being the center of attention whenever you want and if it's a situation like what sandy put kirsten in it's like she walked in expecting nothing expecting to have mm-hmm. like a fine like normal quiet evening and now suddenly you have to like put on your fucking best self for the next three hours yeah
1: yeah no it's it's a lot. We've uh, um, the ol- Go ahead. The only thing that we have to say, that I want to say before we get back to the singing is we do have a very awesome brief scene with a DJ and and Marissa, and turns out DJ didn't take the money and run like Julie told him. Should have done it. Uh, but he he has the money and it's a blank check and he hits her with a go on a shopping spree. You know. on on your mom's dime i don't know if they're in a good place after this but i do know that she's now five thousand dollars richer
0: i don't remember if we ever see dj again after this but i feel like they left on a good note
3: yeah i feel like that i feel like that scene more than any other scene kind of showed his personality and like that he was kind of a laid-back sweet guy and she was just like i'm really sorry and he was like why we had a fun time
0: if we don't i don't know if you guys know or not but we never see dj again do we
3: no, never. I don't think we So, do. like,
0: that's it for DJ. Like, I feel like we know nothing about him other than yeah, he was really the yard guy. Anything,
3: yeah. He was a
0: hot, hot yard guy who was hot in the yard. DJ yeah. Gardner. Good one, Dylan. Uh, I feel like that's it. That's it for that episode, right? We did it. We did we it. We did
3: it. We did it. Oh, my gosh. It. Hey, and we're actually... We made I was going to say, relatively, we're pretty efficient because we started late, so we really only spent an hour on each episode, so we're improving.
0: That's insane that we spent an hour on a 42-minute episode, but yeah. Oh, you Mandy
1: is going to be very happy because I remember one of her concerns was that we spent too much time on one episode over. Um,
3: so. By the way, she did a panel discussion and was a delight on it was so funny. She was oh, for Harry. Man Madness? For Man Madness, her backdrop, her backdrop looked like she was talking to Harry the whole time and she brought watermelon.
0: Ooh. I just want to say and I, I it feels like a safe space to say this. I love Harry Styles. I love his music. He's incredible. I lo- I even I really like him as a person I just I can't I cannot let him be the hottest guy I refuse to allow that to happen I'm glad Michael B. Jordan one I've wow. been listening to um this podcast about Taylor Swift <laughs> and her career and there's a lot of Harry Styles stuff in there and it's just like what's the what?
3: podcast called I want to listen to this podcast it's yeah. called
0: every single album Colin Taylor Swift, but they do it. And every podcast is about a different album by Taylor Swift. I feel like Harry and Taylor are on good terms, but he definitely was not great to her when they dated. And I'm like, you know what? Taylor Swift deserves the world. So Harry Styles does not get to be the hottest man in the world. Do you
3: remember those pictures of her like alone on the boat? Like they had clearly gotten in a fight and she was like, I'm going home.
0: I looked up it, a lot of photos of them recently, like t- when they were together, he looked so young when they were together. She looks pretty similar, but
3: yeah, like <laughs> she's literally just like on a boat looking sad all by herself. Like she's on like a little ferry. I think they were in the Bahamas or something. I'm
0: about to and rewatch then, that Netflix talk that she put out, like probably tonight, actually.
3: Yeah. And then a couple of days later, she was like walking around New York City with like a bottle of like wine just like in her hand. Like I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what happened, but I have to know.
0: She wrote three songs about him on 1989. So, like, he, de- he did some damage. Which
3: ones? Like, uh, Style was about him, surely, right?
0: It's out of the Woods was about him, which is one of my favorite. It was a top five Taylor Swift song for me. I Knew You Were Trouble.
3: No, Trouble was not about him because it came out, like, a week after they had broken up. So, it couldn't have been was
1: about Was that about him. John
3: Mayer? No, no, it was about Jake Gyllenhaal, supposedly. Dear
1: John was about John Mayer. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Welcome to Swiftcast. Dude, I, I know, would be no, it's
3: true. And then I, because I remember she was on American Idol, and he was like in the audience watching, and they made a big deal about it on that episode.
0: I know, places was the third song in 1989 because it was about them because that was like the first album where she was like getting like sexual and that song was definitely about them sneaking off to have sex
1: Ooh, <laughs> yeah. in the pool house with the door unlocked
0: perhaps all right well that's it for keeping up with the cohen's and or the the what, are, what were they called Swiftcast. yeah were they taylor co- and haylor it was were Hayler. 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 That's Hayler.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> keeping up with the Halers slash keeping up with the cohen's uh we'll be back next week to cover episodes Nine and ten, we're chugging along here in this uh, season two recap. Um, but oh if you god, want to reach Trey's out to almost us, almost
3: back, y'all. We probably have Trey like, is like, coming.
0: What you say? Oh my god! Another sidebar. Um, Dylan, I played. I'm just. I'm, just, I'm sure This will take thirty seconds. Dylan, I played a video game over the weekend called uh. Telling Lies, and it's Ooh. literally all you do is you're an FBI agent, and all you do is watch real recorded video footage of like FaceTime calls and you're trying to like decipher them and put them oh. in order. And like, you can close cap, you like look at the closed caption and search for different videos based on keywords and the closed captions. The point of all this was the main dude in the, in the game is the guy that plays Trey on the OC. Oh my gosh. I'm here for it. So you can catch, you can catch up with us online, um, on Instagram at Cohen's pod. You could also send us an email to Cohen's pod at gmail.com. C O H E N S <sighs> P O D at gmail.com. Um, and Dylan, tell them how they can leave us a review
1: one of the best ways you can help us and help our show continue to reach the masses is by giving us a review or a rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. It truly is the best way that you can help us out. Everything is based on an algorithm, and if you give us five stars, heck, if you give us any stars at all, the likelihood of this coming up when people type in OC increases, and that way you can help spread the gospel of Sandy Cohen. a
0: lot of
3: churches. we got to build up. we got to be ready when the Melinda and Rachel's podcast drops.
0: There are a lot of people. I feel like I've seen two other people that work in media that I've seen just in the last week that are doing OC rewatches and they're posting about it on Instagram. I feel like it's very in the in the zeitgeist right now. You
1: never oh, forget nice. your first.
0: Yeah. Let that be us. Danny Pellegrino, I is know. One of them. he's like a big pop culture writer and i've seen him posting a lot about the oc um but yeah you can email us find us on instagram chelsea's doing a great job over there anything else guys i think that's it right that's it chelsea do you have anything else you want to say about harry styles or michael b jordan
3: no uh, thank you though
0: (laughs) you're very welcome all right wow we'll see you guys next week goodbye Bye. bye